Dude, I'm telling you, this is this show is going to be insane. The shots, the it's this is just this is Birdie City. This isn't Frisbee Golf. This is Birdie City. Barry, sit back, throw down a shot of something, and just enjoy the sweet tones of Brian. And his I haven't brought a disc talk. tonight. Oh, that's nice. Captain's Raptor. Oh, hold that in front of your mouth when you talk. The yeah, that's it. Raptor. Oh, yeah, it changes the uh, texture, the quality of your voice. Extra sloppy for uh, for the few Soleil show. Athletes like her, Paulson, Matthews, et cetera, make the best guests because they're connected to the rest of us and the affiliates keep having them on. Okay. If you say so. Matthew. Who's Matthew? Nick Matthew? Mm-hmm. Paulson. How about Froning? He's in the affiliate. He's in the affiliate. How about Ariel Lowen? Well, she's in a, in a, in a knockoff affiliate. Fake affiliate, but still something. Uh, I wonder why the ad leading into Sebi's podcast is Noble. Ah, <laughs> thank you, Noble. <laughs> okay, listen, here we go. This is going to be incredible. Uh, Brian, Brian actually has uh, uh, reeled me in a little bit. He's pointed, uh, he's given me a little more direction this week on who to focus on. So I'm not all over the place. So I'm not just like constantly choosing Ezra Adderhold because of his tight pants. Should we give a little a little context? Please, please. Let's do it. So this is the first major of the year. There are four majors um, with a, the culminating one at the end of the year is called the Tour Championship. But this is the Champions Cup. It's played at a really famous and, and well-designed disc golf um, property. So there's it's called the International Disc Golf I think uh, center and there's like three really big, really good courses there. This one they use for this tournament. All the best players are playing. Um, for, well, for the most part, actually a couple of them didn't, didn't qualify for this. So, you, you know, the qualification process is a little bit steep. It's a deep field, but we're going to end up, we're going to start in the third round. Is that right? Uh, we're starting in hole one uh, round three front nine. Right. And so it's a, it's a four-round tournament. So a lot of the tournaments that we've covered have been three-round tournaments. This one's four rounds, and we're just going to – Brian stick. didn't even tell me that. I had to figure that out on my own. Thank you. And we're going to – you know, they play the same course four times. We don't need to watch uh, necessarily the same course four times. But basically halfway through the tournament, you've got, a, you know, a group of maybe 10 players that are still in it, and most of them are not the players that we have been – highlighting and featuring who've regularly been in contention throughout this year. Okay. So there's a cohort of guys. I don't know how many 150 guys who are professional golfers who can play in this 15 week season, 15 event season, tournament season. But you're saying four of the tournament and then the the culmination whoever was won the most tournaments based on some point thing, um, is the best frisbee golfer for that year. But you're saying within those 15, there's four that are called championships. I'm guessing that means they're worth more points. And all 150 dudes aren't aren't invited. Yeah, that's basically right. It's not um it's not that they're not invited. It's just that there's a certain process that you have to go through for qualifying. It's a little bit more rigid than some of the other tournaments since it's a major. So there's, you know, there's multiple paths in similarly to, a, you know, a golfing major, but we, we were missing a couple of big players. Ricky Waisaki didn't play in this, I think, because of injury. Ezra Aderhold didn't qualify or miss the registration and a couple others that we really haven't talked about yet. But a majority can you win, of the big, 
can you win the can you be win the can you be the 2023 uh uh pdga champion uh without going to one of these majors are there so many yeah. are there so many points that you really need to and there are more points on the line of the majors for sure, but you know, you could do well enough on all the other ones to get into the final tournament and then and still win. You could also do well enough on, you know, the other tournaments to amass enough points to be the, the tour champion for the points long or the season long points total. Um, Judy Reed, I like the man bun. Well, of course you do. You're Chinese and this bun accentuates my Asian features, my Asian Armenian heritage. I knew Kayla would, I knew that would get at least some, Facial change from Caleb. Not a lot, but some. If I use uh I claimed Asian heritage, I knew he'd be like, hmm, it seems a bit of a stretch, but uh okay. I'm a mind reader. Uh Sevon looking tan as fuck tonight. Well, uh, tomorrow I'm going to the beach. I've been been to the beach, uh I went to the beach this weekend both days, and now I'm tomorrow I'm going tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would say that the la the last thing to note before we start watching is in disc golf in general, you have two different types of courses. You have open courses where changes in elevation and the wind are usually the primary factors and sometimes distance. And you have wooded courses where you have to be a lot more precise and accurate with especially your tee shots. And if you're not, you get punished for it pretty dramatically. And this is a wooded course. And so it could be one of the reasons why we see different players rising towards the top in this one. So there wouldn't be a hilly wooded course? There, there can be, you know, combinations, but generally if it's an open course, they'll, you know, they'll try to use other elements of the land to, you know, make challenge. Whereas in the woods, the woods create enough of a challenge as it is. So if it's a, a, a woody hilly course, that mixture is like a transgender man who still likes, Oh, I don't, that's going to, I confuse myself. Okay. I can't, can't, can't do that metaphor. That was too some, many. Leaps so for some, me. you know, some players feel that at the majors, they should be playing on multiple courses. Yeah. A wooded course and an open course, or yeah. that you should try to be selecting a course that has a combination of holes. Like we saw at the Waco tournament where they had six or like nine of the holes were in the woods and six and nine of them were not in the woods. Mm, okay. So it's not, it's not like sacrilege to, to, to mix those. It, it happens. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I look at Austin. This this question is he's just showing off. Are there mandos in open courses? Yeah, there's mandos everywhere. What kind of fucking question is that? It's just you're just trying to show off, right? He's just trying to show off that he knows the word mando. Is that what he's do doing? They, do they use more mandos in open courses than they do in wooded courses? There you go. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a definitive answer one way or the other. Usually, they're they're going to put the mandos in there for one of three reasons. One is to eliminate a specific shot that's either over like another <clears throat> another hole's fairway or where the audience is going to be standing. Sometimes it's because they want to specifically, you know, in like they want to, they designed the hole for an intended shot and they want to make sure that people do that because some of these guys are extremely clever and can just throw these kind of ridiculous lines that the course designers might not have thought of. And then thirdly would just be for, um, you know, uh, safety type things. Like if there's something over on this side of the, like that's not really part of the property or something like that. How many discs do you need for disc golf? <laughs> I mean, I would say that if you want to, you know, if you want to go play most of the courses, you would, like the minimum you, I would want is probably two. I'd want to have like a mid range that I'm pretty confident throwing a variety of different shots with and a putter. Uh, this is interesting. Trish, uh, dear Mr. Brian friend, 
Mr. I can't text you back my elderly fuck toy. Are, are you? Wow. Okay. I, well, I'll, let's talk. Take that one offline and talk later. Uh, PG, PDGA is the Professional Disc Golf Association Championship Cup. Like uh, Brian said, there's four of them. This one is uh, in, happens to take place in Georgia. Georgia. And uh, they were bragging that uh, during this event, there were um, uh, athletes there. Can we call these guys athletes? <clears throat> there were, I mean, I guess. There were athletes there from nine different countries uh, playing in the tournament. And uh, I forget, they even claimed like the people from 14 different countries have played at that uh, facility. So that's like their big, you know, they're, they're strutting their shit. They're in a truly international uh, sport. Yeah. And I mean, look, there, there are tournaments all over the world and some of the pro players in the off season will travel to Japan and they'll play some tournaments there. Or they'll travel to Australia or New Zealand and play some tournaments there. There's tons of tournaments in Europe and tons of good players in Europe, but not all of the best players at all those tournaments come over to the United States, which is where 14 of the, of the 16, um, you know, pro tour events are. So the fact that more and more are starting to do that is something that, you know, the commentators that we're watching have all been around the sport forever. And it's something that is encouraging to them. Uh, Jamie, but is there a limit on discs uh, like there is on clubs? No, these fucking guys will roll a tractor out there with 3,000 discs in it. These guys are retarded. Yeah, I mean, someone asked that when I did the in the bag video the other day. And I, and I said, I haven't been able to find uh, a limit. Like, you know, it's whatever you're willing to carry on your back or roll in your cart. Hey, I'll ask you in the middle of the show. There's I, there's some weird shit about this game. Okay, Dick Butter, no one cares. Roll the footage and let's make fun of these dorks. Okay, action. Uh, round three, front nine, uh, hole one, 660 feet, par four. Uh, Schultz. Uh, Silas Schultz. It's, it's a weird combination of names. It's weird for me. To, the, the guy's first name is Silas and his last name is Schultz. doesn't seem like it should be that way. But Silas Schultz off the tee. Silas does. He's going down that right yeah. side. So first of all, this hole is one of the best holes on the course. And and a few of the players like specifically say it's one of their favorite uh, holes on tour or their favorite hole one on tour. You have a few different options off the tee. Obviously, you can see that this course is going to be very wooded from the very beginning. It's a par four. And depending on what position you're in, the second shot can be just as challenging as the first one. Is that the caddy that had the flights to catch the last in the last? Now listen, three? how did you spot that, Caleb? You're talking about the guy in the pink shirt, the round guy? Yeah. Okay. Now there's a lot of caddy questions here. First of all, that wasn't even really his caddy. He did the guys don't actually have caddies. The cards have caddies. No. That no. Uh, that's true. I, the facts and because because what? listen they said gannon's caddy from the past changed because he's only a lead card caddy that's what the commentator says unless that was a joke and i didn't get it so basically there's a so silas schultz isaac robinson who's in the background there who we'll see today gannon burr alden harris isaac's brother ezra robinson there may be one or two other guys they're all like really good friends. All of them are between 19 and 20 or 18 and 22 years old. They're just this young group of guys that has come up and all made it, you know, some level of success on the professional tour. And that guy is part of their friend group. So he caddy, he usually caddies for whichever one of them is doing the best. 
Isaac is having his dad caddy for him for this tournament. They're from Georgia. This is their home state, so his dad was at the tournament. And so the next best guy in their group was Silas, so I think he got him as a caddy. Okay, and then not only that, but this guy's caddying for two people. Oh, is he? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I I, I, I time-coded it, some weird shit. By the way, that's an incredible story there that Brian just mentioned. That guy right there in the light blue, green, I don't know what you'd call it, shirt. Yeah, right there. That's Isaac Robinson, and Brian just said his dad uh, is caddying for him. Remember that. That's uh, that's fascinating. I, I had no idea. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, good, good. Silas looking good off the tee, uh, 425. Uh, I don't know what the fuck this guy's name is. Is this Nicholas? Nic- Nicholas? Yeah, Nicholas Antela. He's from Finland, and mm-hmm. uh, I absolutely love this guy. He is stone cold. Like I, at twenty one or twenty two years old, whatever he is, the moment I never see the moment get to him. He's basically Miko Salo without weightlifting. <laughs> without he never lifted a weight in his life. Uh, off the tee. Uh, remember, six hundred sixty feet par four. Y- y- a good way to just kind of think is that these guys can all throw about three hundred feet. Muscle manos. No, you know, some they can guys all throw can throw five hundred feet. Okay. These guys usually throw about 300 feet. So when you see 660 feet, it's probably going to be two throws to the uh, to the uh, basket. That's the way I like to think of it. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a pretty good shot. It's right on the edge, so he'll, he's not entirely sure what kind of a look he's going to have going into the pin. Uh, and uh, 529, uh, second throw for Nicholas. Uh, like I said, this is a par four. So he does have an opportunity here. He's got to throw a flex forehand. He really, really likes this red disc, but didn't get a good result on that one. It looked like the caddy was taking a bong rip at the end there. Did you see that? Look at him. He's got like his mouth on something right there. Look at on that water bottle. <laughs> 640, Schultz's third toss. Does he make it in the basket? Uh, Silas Schultz, par four. No. That, that may have needed audio, Caleb. Just so you know. You slipping. Okay. De-starting hole. Here we go. Oh, Silas almost recreating the magic he had on hole. Yeah, and Silas, by the way, he's never been in a position like this before. Um, this He's coming into this tournament, he's ranked... 68th in the world and he's never been on a lead card at a major he had a really good round one he had a great round two and he's he's you know he's played himself right up here into contention for the first major of the year with you know halfway through the tournament a hole two par three 390 feet don't forget this is the third round only one round to go so these guys are doing the front uh front nine so basically these guys these guys have how many 36 holes left they're halfway mm-hmm. through the tournament. Okay. And just so you know, I've this is the fifth week I've been watching the footage. I have not seen one attractive girl. I don't know if I've seen one girl. I, <laughs> now that I think I can't, I have not seen one. I haven't seen anything that I think has a vagina. But if I have. There is a women's tour. I'm just saying. I'm just letting you know that that's a lot of time. Uh, I should get some sort of a medal for this. Oh, like, uh, like a wonk oh, medal. Uh, hole, hole two, par three, 390 feet. Uh, Isaac Robinson. This is your first look at the man. This is going to be, this is, this is the reason this week matters is because of this man, Isaac Robinson. Yeah. And he, Isaac Robinson pretty much only throws backhands. So he's 
along with a, a guy named James Conrad, who's also on this card, actually. They're probably the two best players in the world that really try to avoid their forehand at all costs. And in some tournaments, that ends up being detrimental. You know, it's nice to have all the options. But this course, with the control that he has with his backhand, he can get away with it, you know, on almost every hole. So you guys see it was a par three. He threw it within uh, putting distance to the basket. Uh, he, he, I mean, basically all these, anytime we see the basket and then the uh, disc off the tee, that means an ace was possible, right? Yeah, th- in theory, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty specific shot, but, you know, he could have, if that was a few feet further, it might have skipped in. All right. So so he, so Isaac set up for a, uh, a birdie, a 915, Nicholas, the Finn. There's Discmania shirt on. And Nicholas, you know, he played some pro tour events last year in the States, but he has his only, I think he might be, he's either, I think he's 22. And he has uh, a lot of wins racked up in Europe. So he's one of the best players in Europe. <clears throat> uh, Nicholas, 928, going for the putt, his second shot. Uh, like we said, short hole, 390 feet. Should get it in two shots. Man, he looks young right there, doesn't he? Looks like he's 12. We normally see pretty routine star frames. And not going to see four birdies. Long shot, 30 feet. That was further than 30. That was probably more like 45, 50. And he just had a little awkward stance, so he couldn't quite get enough power on it to, you know, to get it all the way there. What was the uh, what is that the that base of the basket called that he hit? They usually call it the koozie. Okay, but that's the thing that's you know protecting it. Otherwise, it would just be the pole. I'm familiar with the koozie. Keeps your beers warm, or or more realistically, hides your beers from the cops. Right? That'd be probably a more that's a more honest. Thank you. Multi use. Yes. Uh, Nine thirty eight. Silas Schultz, uh, going for the basket minus twenty one. Uh, Silas, good effort. Yeah, good effort. You promised everyone a birdie fest, and the first three holes you chose just three fuck ups. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, finally, a man you will not see a lot of, but he's he's in the lead card. He's everywhere, but I I hardly ever pick any of his shots. Conrad for the putt. This is the other guy that only uses the backhand that Brian was talking about. And James off the right side. That and James that Conrad. Uh, James Conrad was the 2021 world champion, and he threw them. Savan, did you know this about James Conrad? Tell me. He was the 2021 world champion. Oh, I, I, I wow, wow for the for the for the whole thing. He threw what is what is um, the most famous shot in disc golf history. It's called the Holy Shot to beat Paul Macbeth that year, actually to force a playoff. And then he beat Paul Macbeth in the playoff. It is, I think if you want to watch the best nine holes of disc golf ever, I would say that the 2021 back nine final round between James Cameron and Paul Macbeth or the 2022 European championship back nine between Paul Macbeth and Eagle McMahon are the two best nine holes of golf you could watch. Well, and all those guys are at this tournament. Correct. Uh, but in, in Conrad kind of looks like Jesus. So it's kind of, well, which is, that's from, why, I've never yeah. seen Jesus. Oh, is that why they call it the Holy shot? The Holy I think shot. that that's an element of it. Yeah. Oh. Did he make that? 
he missed that putt right there, oh, but the shit. hole he shot, he made. All right, all right, fine. A uh, hole three, par four, seven hundred and twenty-six feet. I personally have learned that I prefer watching uh, the holes that are shorter. I'm a, I'm a par three under four hundred <clears throat> foot kind of guy in terms of my for my visual experience. Yeah, and there are a lot of par fours and fives on this course too. Silas, oh, uh, yeah, Silas Schultz off the tee, great shot. And it's kind of, it's pretty cool. Silas has a really good forehand. Isaac Robinson's arguably the best backhand player in the world, and these are the guys that are contending for the you know the lead here. So, many so, ways to get it done. So, Brian, that tree right there was that cut down before the course? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. You know, it obviously looks like it was cut down recently, and I'm sure that you know there's variety of different reasons that they cut it down. I would guess not. I would guess there was something else going on that they needed to do that. Okay. Uh, thirteen, fifteen, Schultz. No, no, sorry, sorry. Did we just see Silas Schultz off? The, mm-hmm. Who do we? Uh, no, no, yeah, sorry. Uh, Nicholas off the tee. Almost doesn't. So he's gonna be Second taking on there. those trees right there. And he, he takes them on pretty well. Yeah, good. Pretty good shot, about twenty-five short. Uh, 1355, uh, no, sorry, 1315, back to Silas Schultz, his second shot. So, perfect spot here in the fairway. Also, pretty good shot, pushes a little further, but similar distance to Nicholas. Uh, how's the stutter? Is the stutter pretty bad, or is it okay? Bad. It is bad. Anyway, we can can you can you redo whatever you did last week, Caleb? Yeah, just give me a sec. All right, fine. Uh imagine you're an 80-year-old oak tree. Uh Trish, thank you. Imagine this while we wait for Caleb to fix some technical problems. Imagine you're an 80-year-old oak tree and you see one of these skiddy little twinks walking out with a chainsaw. Hmm. At a 120-year-old uh oak tree. Why 80? Uh, will Conrad? Uh, who will play Conrad in the movie about it? Oh, geez, here we. They go. actually, they actually did make a, a documentary on Disc Golf Network about that shot and him winning the world championship that year. How is it? Is it good? Um, I think it's okay. I mean, it's it's to me, it's kind of like when I watch the CrossFit documentaries. It's like I already know so intimately like what happened that there might just be a like a few little things maybe here or there that in that an athlete says that I wasn't expecting them to say, or that gives me an insight that I didn't know. But I felt the same way watching that. It's like, I followed the season pretty closely last year too. And so all the buildup and everything else I pretty much knew. And there were just a few interviews with him that I thought were okay. But you know, I've, I had already listened to him talk about it many times. If you never, if you don't know what happened, it was pretty well made, I would say. All right. I give it a look. Uh, it's stuttering worse than Joe Biden. Is it on YouTube? Are you asking the people? No, I'm asking you. Is it on oh, YouTube? No, I I don't know actually. I think it's on. I know it was exclusively on Disc Golf Network for a while. What does this mean? So that camera comes with a feature to posterize time. What does that mean? Posterize, posterize. Okay, uh, Caleb will be back soon. Uh, we'll pick up with uh, 1355. 
uh, Nicholas Antilla for the putt. We're on hole three, par four, 726. Nicholas for the birdie. James to get up there to save his bogey. Good. Birdie. <clears throat> we talk about this this putt, you know, at pretty much every turn. Like that's a distance putt that you have to have dialed in if you want to be in contention for these things. And Nicholas is going to hit a lot of putts like that. Uh, how um, how far was it? Like twenty five to thirty feet. Uh, Fourteen twenty four. Silas Schultz for the putt, also to match the birdie. Let the birdies begin. Wow, and just I, like I saw that. nothing. <laughs> anyway, you heard the audio. We may not have the video this week, but we have the audio. Uh, hole four, par three, 327 feet. How's your connection, Brian? Good? It's, I mean, I'm seeing what you're seeing. Okay. Uh, here's the guy, Isaac Robinson. You're going to be seeing a lot of him uh, on this episode of the Seven Podcast. Hole four, par three, 327 feet. That means he can ace it. That means he can ace it. He can he can put this in the basket. There we go. Saw like 12 frames there. Yeah, and pretty much perfect shot. Just works it up the right side a little higher, and he curls it up to about 10 feet. And again, that's like... That's what he's known for. And he's and unlike Silas Schultz, Isaac Robinson has been in contention at big tournaments before. He has been on lead cards regularly, and he's only 22 years old. Last year was his first year on tour, and he did pretty well. And this year, obviously, he's uh, also had some good tournaments, and he's doing well here. This is the lead card? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, Conrad. Oh, no, sorry, Nicholas. Uh, I scratched off the number. You know where it's at, 1644 or something? Okay, 1644. It's the same haircut I have. Pretty similar shot ends up in a pretty similar space. And, you know, I think, uh, I think Nicholas Antela is one of the like most, I enjoy watching him throw the disc. He just has a really smooth shot. It's a very similar pattern every time. And it's something that I think anyone who wants to learn about disc golf can really emulate is this follow through. Like, after you let go of the disc, what your body continues to do matters. Uh, same same hole. Uh, now, this is Conrad for the putt. Isaac and uh, Nicholas were able to get the birdies. I like that you added that in there. Thank you. I'm trying to up my game a little bit this week. Especially the other three here in the circle. James continuing his C1 ways. That's, what does that mean, his C1? So, circle one. Oh, That's okay. within 33 feet of the basket. If you're inside 11 feet, they just count it as parked. It's a tap-in. I mean, I guess you could miss it, but if you're between 11 and 33 feet, that's called C1X. And so it's a stat that all of the players will look at at the end of the tournament is, what was my C1X putting percentage? And they want it to be 100%. Like, in their mind as a pro, that's a distance they should never miss a putt from. Uh, I would say, like, and like, you know, if, you have, if you're in the 80% range, then you probably had a bad round as a pro. And then they'll have their circle two putting percentage, which is a big, that's 34 feet to, to 66 feet. So obviously like 40 foot foot feels very makeable. A 60 foot putt might feel impossible depending on how far into the woods you are or whatever. But 
Um, that's another thing that they look at. There's circle one X and circle two putting percent. How many ground flags do they use uh, to make the circle for the athletes? Is there a standard amount? No. And actually I'm already preparing for next week's tournament. And the, the guys that were playing the practice round there had commented that the demarcations, the number of demarcations they use for circle one X at the course that we'll, we'll cover next week is the most impressive amount that they've actually seen yet this year. Wow. Okay. All right. I can't. I, I can't wait for that tournament. It's my favorite. It's. I think it might be my favorite course on tour. My second favorite course. On tour. And you're you're playing in it? Uh, no. No. Oh. Okay. Uh, whole whole five par three four four hundred and thirty two feet. Uh, Isaac Robinson, second year as a pro, as Brian stated earlier. Off the tee. And here you can really see how tight some of these corridors are. I mean, that might be, if you walk down to the tightest spot on the fairway, which might be 150 feet from where they're throwing, it might be a wingspan's width of distance that they have to hit the line. You can hear the disc squeak as it goes down that corridor. I made that up. Those guys should have used that. I think they said that was the hardest, uh, that might be the hardest gap uh, on on the tour, right? Or something like that? Mm, There are a couple on this course, I think, 5, 14, and 17 are kind of like you got to be on the money for those. Alrighty. Uh, 1840, Nicholas Antila also off the uh, tee. Must avoid here. Nicholas just once again, I mean, surgical. Yeah, but the difference between that and Isaac's is is what? Never mind, we don't care. Uh, great throws. Uh, and Nicholas is in second place, uh, currently tied for second, it looks like, with minus 21. And the guy you just saw go before him, Isaac Robinson, is the course leader. 1956, Conrad. Former champ. 2021. Gosh. What a shot. Wow, that is good. Let's watch his arm stop right here. Talk about control. Any more follow through and his arm hits that tree back there. And I, and that was, um, that was his third shot already on that hole. He didn't get off the tee clean. And so, you know, you you get punished pretty severely for that. So even though he had a great third shot there, he's still going to take a bogey. And here he's tied for five of the, although he's only one hole behind. One stroke uh, behind Nicholas. Right. Because there's a few guys at 21 under. Uh, 2015, uh, Isaac Robinson. What a mess. Yeah, Isaac's little checkup throw. Yeah, edge of circle. So this is there, another statistic that's critical for these guys is called scramble rate. So if you don't hit the fairway, are you able to recover and still get a par on the hole? And so all he's trying to do there is get it close enough to make the putt. And obviously he did that. Uh, 2030, uh, Silas Schultz, uh, for the birdie. You, you can just lose all creativity over there. There's very little scramble opportunities. Yeah. Good distance to, to check and see where his mental is as Isaac just chains out. Cause this isn't. Imp- and then go ahead. Let her, let her rip Caleb after the pause uh, right here. Oh yes. Silas chains out. Isaac does not. Isaac saves the par. Great and those are side catch. Know, and those are big moments there. You know, Silas had an p- opportunity to take a stroke on Isaac. He misses the putt. Isaac makes it. And if you're trying to catch to chase a guy on the lead card, you know, those little momentum swings make a difference and they add up. 
And 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 four is a huge lead for the just for the four tournaments I've seen this year. I don't know what it's yeah. been like in years past, but Isaac's up by four uh, strokes. Uh, he's minus twenty five, and Silas was minus twenty one. So uh, it was an opportunity uh, uh, missed or, or or gained by uh, Isaac. He, he he went up another. He goes up another stroke. Correct. No, he just didn't give away any ground. Silas could have chipped one away and moved to twenty two under. Oh he, right, right. He okay. almost makes the putt. And so Isaac keeps the four-stroke lead. And you're right. I mean, for this season, at this point in tournaments, you know, kind of at the midway point or two-thirds of the way through the tournament, there's usually 10 or 12 guys within four shots of the lead. And in this case, he's four shots clear of the field. Uh, 2053, Silas, I think this is for par now, right? Mm -hmm. Should be. To the nerves. And that does not. So right so, away, pause it right there. So is that distance right there supposed to be a, 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 a that's supposed to be a hundred percenter for a pro? Yeah, I mean, in their mind, they shouldn't miss one from that distance. Yes, and not and wow. he's missed okay. two two on this hole. But you know the problem is when you miss like the first one's for a birdie, so you feel good, you're putting kind of free. When you miss a birdie putt and it goes just as far past the basket as you just were, you, like you can think that you can manage your nerves all you want, but like you're feeling the pressure. You're like, Oh my God, if I miss this, like I missed that birdie putt by maybe an inch. And if I miss this putt, am I really going to walk away with you from a, with a bogey? That's a beautiful shot, by the way, uh, extra sloppy. I feel better on a disc golf course. I fit better. I fit. Ah, I, sorry, sorry. I fit in better on a disc golf course, not, but, and let me, let me edit this for you. I fit in better on a disc golf course and it feels great showing up to a tea time with my grandpa in the woods, ripping drives, 300 yards. You mean 300 feet down the fairway barefoot. God, I love you barefoot. Really? You play frisbee golf barefoot. It's kind of an F you F you feeling F you fuck. I'm so regret reading that. Never mind. Okay, back to uh, okay. Hole six, part three, three hundred sixty-six feet. Another short one. So listen, hole four, three twenty-seven. Hole five, four thirty-two. Hole six, three sixty-six. These are all potential aces. Twenty-two, fifteen. Hole six, part three. And uh, Nicholas, what's he got? I should have had him on tour in the states and really be able to see his skill on full display. Wait a sec. Did we just do that? Let's just make. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I thought it was hole five we were on before. Okay, and it says hole six. Okay, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Making the gap as big as possible. Just coming up. Yep. Twenty feet short. That's a landing zone for. So similar shot there, similar similar shot shape, and similarly well thrown by Nicholas. Uh, here we go, Isaac off the tee, also potential for an ace. And he's looking a little higher here. So when Nicholas came in low, I'm expecting Isaac to throw a similar shape but higher. Which you mean just by looking land. at his eyes, you're saying that? Yeah, and that means that it probably, will, if he hits the line, it'll probably land a little softer and not get that flare out, skip to the left, that onto like that. As they say at the old, uh, as they used to say at the morning chocolate when that was a newspaper or something, uh, breaking news, uh, John Young, Brian refused to play me in South Carolina. Facts. We threw a few shots in the backyard at JR's. Okay. Uh, Isaac. The great, the leader, first place, minus 25, sits in first place alone, off the tee. For this Part hole three. to throw it perfect. 
you're not going to park it. You're going to be to the right side. That means you yep. didn't take on any trees, and you're going to be about 30 feet. Isaac is taking on some trees, actually going through the inside. Same same result. Short. That mm-hmm. plays as a 30, 32. 30. So it came in a little higher, landed a little softer, but didn't get it quite far enough. I don't know what James Conrad is in here, but let her rip. 34 Minus footer 19. up the hill. So, so he's getting worse as these uh, – as we make our way through round three, he was minus 21 at one point. He was minus 20 at one point. Okay. Can't let it. Well, even oh, one he might have been. Yeah, he would. Oh, uh, yeah. And that, but that's a perfect shot. I mean, that's the line that you want. He could, pushes the fairway all the way to the outside and lets it work back in, gets the ground play and nestles it up close. Uh, Heidi Kroom, uh, what time is Sue's skateboarding show? Okay, that's not nice. I know what you're doing there. Uh, Will Brandstetter, would you ever grow your hair out to uh, J- James Conrad, Conrad level? Someone, I I would, but I think I'm too old. I I don't want to I, I don't want to look like that guy. I already, I don't even know what the fuck I want to look like. Just don't ask me that. Sorry, Will. I regret reading that too. Okay, uh, twenty three uh, forty five. Uh, Isaac Robinson for the putt. I don't know how he the fuck he ended up over there. Oh, that's Silas over there. Back to where he needs it. He just had an incredible back nine yesterday. Just outside the circle. So, Brian, how far is that? When they say just outside the circle, that means it's about 35 feet. Oh, okay. Cameras don't do it justice from those angles. I like the the profile angle. The profile ones are really nice. And one thing that's worth noting about Isaac Robinson, especially because it's been a point of contention over the last couple years in disc golf, is – He's, his pace of play is faster than any other player on tour. He doesn't waste any time. He just he has such a, a smooth and similar routine with his putt, with his throw, whatever, that when it's his turn to go, he just comes up, does a couple pumps, and then putts it. And it's like that 90, 99% of the time that he plays. And I think it's actually really refreshing. So uh, this guy uh, just adds another uh, – now he's minus – what is he at now? He's <clears throat> minus 36 now? Just got 26. another birdie? Uh, 26. Okay. Uh, 24 – Oh, four. Nicholas uh, needs to uh, make this putt. Uh, there's a lot of holes left, but man, you better be careful. Isaac Robinson is is making a move. Park saving the foul. Not previous hole doesn't matter. Okay. And that's what, I mean, and that's exactly right. That's what everyone is thinking about. Like this guy is playing so well that I can't afford to miss a putt like this. And you know, he just saw Silas miss two. He saw Isaac just make two, the one on the last hole and this one. And like, you know, those things creep into your mind. But Antel is pretty solid. Uh, hole seven, par four, 744 feet. Not my favorite at all. Um, we don't uh, have to do every hole, you know. A disc golf is like making love to a lady. You just got to get it over with. Okay, we'll uh, circle back on that in tomorrow's show. Oh, I won't forget you said that extra sloppy. I'm not letting you live that. Uh, Silas, twenty six ten. Yeah, the major like championships are the way that ultimately. Oh, maybe not. What is? Here we go. And that reaction right there off the tree is really huge for him. Like he, if he gets, if that can finish this to the left, he's going to be pinched off and have a tough second shot, but it hit off a tree and spit back out into the, basically the ideal landing zone. So uh, let's just skip up to 2805. 
wow, I didn't think I did any James Conrad and he, James uh, Conrad, and here he is again after you told me to go easy on him. Twenty-eight oh five, James Conrad, looking like the Wolfman for the putt. Olson <clears throat> played the hole the way they'd like, but James here a chance at the birdie. Sit. No. And two years ago, when James won the world championship. Putts like this, I mean, he was making this putt more often than anyone else to the point where they started calling Circle 2 Conrad Country or Conrad County or something. No, Conrad Country. But, you know, this year he hasn't had the same kind of success that he did two years ago for sure and even last year. And it was actually nice to see him having a good tournament here, even though he's, you know, going to fall off relative to some of these guys. It's the first time he's been in contention. He's in the lead card. Okay, Caleb, let this – so so you guys know, Caleb's going to let this play. But notice, he took this shot, I don't know, from 40 feet. Now look where the disc is. It's rolling back down. Now watch this shit. Watch this nightmare. Oh, that's going to roll. And that's going to roll a long way. Dang. So James for uh, – And then uh, James takes another shot, 28-25. Look at all those hot chicks down there. No, wait, there's no girls down there. Sorry, my bad. There's one, I think. That's a long hair. There's no proof that that's a girl. There's no proof that that's it's another a girl. Conrad. Yes. Uh, 2825 Conrad. Oh, okay. boy. What? Conrad country, baby. So, and I've told you this before like that rollaways happen in disc golf. It happens to amateurs, it happens to pros. And there is going to be a time if you play where you putt it and you come really close to making it, you hit the band or you hit the basket and it rolls twice as far away as you were. And I just can't believe how often these guys make the second putt. I mean, it's insane. I can't believe how often it happens. <laughs> uh, well, Brandstetter Conrad smokes a bowl every morning for sure. Uh, all right. Um, hole eight, par four, 645, another long one. Uh, let's watch Isaac Robinson. Off the tee. Actually, actually, let's watch the. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, let's do it. Isaac Robinson off the tee. Sidearm flex shot into. Using the backhand speed. You'd like to see a lot of nine speeds that are overstable. That Brian said that he is his uh, primary into the ground and just primary throw. Yeah, and and he's trying. I mean, th this is a a lot of players will throw forehand on this hole. He's trying to throw this turnover backhand shot that he overturns it a little bit. He ends up in a decent spot, but it wasn't a perfectly thrown shot. Okay, so watch this. This is six hundred forty-five feet par four. So a, a a great golfer will get this uh, halfway to the basket on the first shot, or so, you know, close to the you know ha halfway or more, and then the next shot get it the remainder of the way to the basket, and then the third shot get the birdie. Let's see if Isaac can do it. It's the 31 uh, 12. Isaac for his second shot. Well, that's as good as you can really throw it. <laughs> hey, so he's making it look easy. So that red mark on the ground right there, that's 34 feet away from the basket? That's the bullseye. So that's 10 feet, I think. Okay. And then there are ones at 33 feet. That are usually also a lighter shade of red, and then there's ones at 66 feet that are usually blue. Um, this course is a, is in the woods, so they probably have less of those markers than they would on an open course. Uh, 3220, uh, Nicholas Antilla, uh, hole eight for the putt. 
doesn't that's not but James Cameron I, for the putt. I don't know why that long. I don't know why he uh squeezed in there. <laughs> Maybe it's right after this. Oh, here we go. Very hole. Well, uphill putt plus. So what's that? That's right on the outside of the first circle? Yeah, that looks like it's probably about 30 feet. Uh, great shot by Nicholas. Uh, getting him the birdie, 32-45. Silas Schultz for the putt. Yeah, and that's the kind of, like, that range putt right there is one that, you know, a lot of amateurs would sweat over, and especially in a tournament, or especially if the pressure's on, or without a lead card, and especially if a camera's on. But this is this is the range where the like the pros should not be missing. Uh, do do normal people play uh, drops, or you throw out of bounds? I never used to do that. I would throw out of the woods, no matter how deep it how deep in there I was. I mean, it, I guess it depends on if you're, you know if you're playing with your friends, if you're playing in a tournament, they might have rules that would force you to do that or not there's a lot of different scenarios why what's a drop well when he says do normal people play drops what are drops well if there's if there's no out of bounds then you got you have to play it from wherever it is so okay if it is deep in the woods then yeah you got to work your way in there and try to get get back out somehow do public courses have out of bounds marked sometimes i i mean i would say i've you know five percent of the public courses i've played i've seen some out of bounds usually it's because they have had a tournament there recently will have a tournament there recently or because, or, uh, you know, soon, or because they have like an Island hole where if you don't land within a certain parameter, then it's, everything else is considered out of bounds. And it's like not that difficult of a hole other, other than that. Drops are for pussies. I agree. Uh, 36, uh, there should never be out of bounds. Um, uh, hole nine, 36, 16, uh, Silas Schultz. Uh, this is a par four, 618 feet. This is Silas. Uh, he's already got the putter out. This is his putt shot. I think he's putting here. To end the nine, at least, uh, under par, he needed that one. 36-38, Nicholas Antila also going for the putt. And more importantly, one on Isaac. And now he is only two back. Now, did you hear that? That he, there, he's only two back behind Isaac Robinson. Is that what they said? Yeah, and if you look along the bottom there on the left, six out of the last seven holes he's made birdie. So, you know, he's doing the he's doing what all these guys know they need to do to have a chance against him. Uh, and then uh, thirty six fifty five, uh, Silas for the putt again. Like Brian said, this is his first time I think on the lead card. Yeah, when watching him and Isaac play, you can definitely see. Did we adjust, address these chippy videos? What are chippy videos? Choppy. Oh, no, yeah, we did. We tried to. Okay. Uh, so there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the round three front nine. You now are caught up to speed on uh, round three of the front nine. We're now going to move to the back nine of round three. Uh, still st staying with the lead card. We're going to move through this one fast. Hole 10, par 4, 606 feet. Uh, let's go to uh, just straight to uh, Isaac Robinson's putt at the four-minute mark. Hole 10. 
here, just outside the circle. And then we get a good look at that and little spin putt that he has. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's, I mean, it's so casual. I, you'll hear these guys, the, the commentators, if you watch this, say this all the time. There's no one that has a more casual and consistent putt than him. Can you show that again? That's ridiculous. That's like, yo, bitch, get out of here. Look at this shit. Yeah, yo, just beat it. outside the circle. Any putt and just pick up the mini. You want to know a, a funny story, Sava? Yeah, tell me. So, you know, prior to these tournaments, the guys show up and they play some practice rounds. Yeah. And two of the players, Brody Smith and Ezra Aderhold, they'll challenge two other pros to a doubles tournament. And then they'll film it and they put it on their YouTube channel and it's a way for people to see the course ahead of time and get to know some different players. For this tournament, they challenged Isaac Robinson and his younger brother, Ezra Robinson. And all four of those guys wanted to wish Audrey a happy birthday. No shit. I heard that. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that um, is killer. Happy birthday, Audrey. Wow. In addition to that. They want those, to make an Audrey sandwich, if you know what I mean. In addition to that, those two brothers showed up to the course without their disc golf bags. They just had a stack of six discs each. Wow. And they played best shot doubles and shot 16 under par. Uh, they shared the same discs, six discs. They, they each brought six discs. Wow. Okay. And nice. instead they didn't carry a bag. They just had a, six discs in a water bottle and they birdied 16 of the 18 holes. Uh, Brian, um, Judy Reed, uh, where are the marginalized people of color or, or yeah, I guess that's right. Uh, their DEI committee has a lot of work ahead of them. Where, where are the, um, Bangladeshians. This seems like a sport that Indian guys and Chinese guys should be just destroying. Doesn't seem like an Asian guy sport. There is one guy, um, like just some nerdy guy comes out there with a protractor and he's like, I think the best Japanese player is named Jackie Chen. Of course it is. Of course, is that real? It's real. Of course it is. It's real. Of course it is. He's got more chins than a Chinese phone book. You heard that? I think that was the NWA line or something. Or two He's, he, he will come over and play a couple tournaments at some point in the year, probably. We'll see if he, I don't know if he'll play well enough to get onto any of the coverage, but. Hey, um, what about, um, uh, what about the uh, sexes here? This doesn't seem like a sport. This seems like a sport where. Do you uh, want to watch the women one week? It just seems like a sport where the men and women can be play, could play together. Um, possibly they have. You what, know, what, what's the advantage men have? They just drive further. That's it. They can't be better putters, are they? That doesn't make sense Dude, to me. Yeah, we've talked about this. Okay, all right, fine. I don't know. Like, yes, the men throw it further than the women, that, and that's expected. But they also putt much better than the women, and that I'm not entirely sure why. Hey, is the women is some of the women's putting is is every every um every no. every every nine holes on a card will you see a woman throw a putt and be like and try to like bite the inside of your cheek? Trying to laugh. Yeah, I would say yes. I would say yes. Um, wow, that's amazing. The right. the women the woman who won this tournament shot twenty seven under par. Wow, that's good. Second place was thirteen under par. Wow, she was more than twice as good as the second best person in the field. Wow, under twenty seven is good. Extremely good. Yeah, so that that woman is dominating disc golf right now. Wow. Okay. Uh, 
Where, uh, where are we here? Okay. Uh, I, Isaac for the putt. Did we watch? Oh, so we saw Isaac putt that, like the casual putt. Okay, so so he gets another birdie, hole 10. Uh, Nicholas Antilius, uh, 420. Uh, he has to match that shit now. And by the way, she that, that woman who won, she was the thumbnail for our video tonight. Oh, cool. Awesome. Get her on the show. I've invited so many of these guys on the show. Nada. Got no responses. <laughs> uh, does he email? DM. DM. Okay, here we go. He did do all that. One guy, Jackie Chen. Oh, uh, not good. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Are there any women caddies? Great question, Cornholio. At least they could carry the discs or clean the discs or something. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, on the cards where we've watched Chris Dickerson play. His wife always caddies for him. Um, actually, the guy who's talking a lot here, Jeremy Coling, his wife caddies for him quite frequently. And then there are a few players who's who are either married to each other or dating each other where both the male and female are touring pros. And if the other one's not playing, not playing, then they'll caddy for each other. Uh, notice the graphic down below minus 28 for Isaac Robinson, minus 25 for Nicholas Antilius. Uh, Isaac Robinson just put another stroke as uh, Nicholas gets par here mm-hmm. and Isaac increases his lead by one hole 11 par three free 420 feet. Hole 11, par 3, 420 feet. Back to the kind I like. (laughs) Yes, I will be covering the X Games. Isaac off the tee. Another turnover backhand shot here. Pretty difficult shot to throw on the backhand. But a couple couple of the guys on this card will will throw this shot better than almost anyone in the tournament. Uh, Remember, guys, he's four shots ahead here. Remember the, the last four time the last four we've covered uh, has this has been unheard of for a guy to have a lead uh, like this, especially so early in the um, in the in the tournament. Uh, Scott Perkins, wait a minute, these fucks have a caddy to carry a few frisbees. Now listen, kind of they kind of do. They use the term caddy loosely. There's one caddy for two guys. They share caddies. Caddies leave early. It's it's weird. It's I feel like caddying is more like posturing than than any value. I have I do have mixed feelings about caddies in disc golf, and some of the players will you know won't have one. Paul McBeth carries his own bag most of the time, but at certain tournaments, if they're ex- either like extremely long tournaments, a lot of uphill climbs, or Sometimes if they're like really, really big tournaments, he will bring a, a caddy in. And I think that per, personally, I think that it's nice to have one, you know, as, you know, especially if it's someone that you trust to just kind of keep your head on straight. If you're getting down on yourself and especially if it's raining where you can give your disc to someone and they can worry about keeping the discs dry and you can worry about keeping your hands dry. Oh, I, I, I like that. Uh, at least then that's a little more functional. Uh, Will Brandstetter, it's the same as CrossFit athletes um, having people carry their bags. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would, you know, the, obviously, you know, Matt Fraser and Matt O'Keefe had kind of coined the term caddy because Matt O'Keefe's back, uh, a golfing background. But I always encourage people, even if they're just going to a local competition, to bring someone with them. It is really nice to have someone there. Uh, my neighbor uh, locked the course across the street. It's locked up now. There's a padlock on it. I saw him today. I need to ask him about it. He's old as dirt. He's, uh, yeah, he, what is that guy? 80? Uh, 559, uh, Silas Schultz off the tee. Cool. 
going for the same line. Looks like he's got a faster disc, though. That's a great shot. Uh, and then uh, let's look at Nicholas Antilius for the putt, trying to get birdie. Again, missing in the circle. Got to knock those down here. In this position, at this stage of the event, Miklos bouncing back, getting a nice birdie. Uh, and uh, Isaac, also 722, going for the birdie, trying to keep Nicholas at bay. More. Two pumps, not pumps it in. That's just that's just what he does. Hoo Hole 12, uh, Robinson, minus 29, uh, par 5, 990 feet. Can't stand this hole, me personally, watching it. I see a par 5, and I'm just like, ugh. Dude, we don't, you can skip any holes you want. I'm, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Isaac Robinson off the tee. And I mean... This is that's a perfect drive. Uh, let's go to ten fifty three. This is Silas Schultz. Uh, this is his second shot. Um, he's trying to set up uh, an eagle here. So if you get the disc on your tee shot to the left side of the fairway, there's a straight shot down the second part of the fairway on the left. There, it's a tighter gap. If you don't hit that, if you don't have the angle on that gap, the eagle is pretty difficult here. So he had he was forced to go to the wide side, and you see he's about eighty feet short. Okay, let's go to uh, twelve nineteen. Uh, Nicholas for the putt. Twelve nineteen. Well, where's that thirty feet? Nicholas, make this on the last yep. hole, but miss on the hole prior. Yeah. That's no problem. Uh, twelve thirty eight. Isaac Robinson. Also needing the birdie if he wants to keep Antilius at bay or the putt. Well, we just are kind of desensitized to the stress, I think, from. Uh, there's something I want to tell you guys. So just so you know, the, the, the order that you're seeing these guys putt means that the guy, the guy who goes first is the guy who's furthest from the basket. So if Brian tells us that Silas is 34 feet away and then next uh, Isaac goes, you know I, Isaac is closer than 34 feet from the basket. So he's either 33 feet or 23 feet or one foot. So that's just a little bit of information that, uh, that it's consistent like that every hole, every game, every tournament. So that way you can be like, okay, Isaac had an easier shot. Uh, hole 13. We are on uh, round three, the back nine. What's the name of this uh, tournament? The Champions Cup. Champions Cup. That's it? That's not like the Georgia's Champions Cup? It's the first Champions Cup? Just the Champions Cup? Yeah, it's the first major of the year. PDGA Champions Cup. Uh, Isaac Robinson, hole 13 in the lead by four with a minus 30. This is a par three, 399 feet. Let's see if he can get a hole in one here. This is Isaac Robinson off the tee. You live for the hole in once. Oh my god! It's the only reason I watch this shit. <laughs> and, and basically, a perfectly thrown shot. I mean, he's fifteen, twenty feet away, and that's exactly what they would be wanting here. Uh, Fourteen forty-five. Silas Schultz off the tee for the ace. Can he do it? And so Isaac goes for the back end. Silas has this nice forehand. He's going to get it to flex around the corner. 
and it's even better. And I think that if you have both, the forehand is preferred on this hole. The backhand, it needs to finish. It just needs to keep finishing the entire way, and it's pretty pretty tough to do that at the end of the flight. So it's that's why I um, Silas, who can can throw the backhand, goes for the forehand here. Caleb, can you hit play again? I think they're going to show a uh... follow flight. Yes, thank you. Yeah, these are nice because you can see the, the angle. Just perfect shot. You see how how hard that's finishing to that side. And the forehand can finish more dramatically in that direction. So Nicholas will do the same. Uh, so Isaac, they end up getting birdies there. <laughs> Hole 14. Um, Isaac is now up five shots. Uh, they were suggesting that the pollen in the air here is crazy. And in some of the shots, you can actually see when this when the um, sun's going into the lens of the camera, you can actually see all the bugs and pollen blowing around. And they're saying that everyone is sniffling and coughing in the stands. Everyone's eyes are red. So those are the conditions. Uh, this is a par four, hole 14, 736 uh, feet. Uh, let's go to 833. Uh, Nicholas Antilius off the uh, tee. And this is what the commentator said is the toughest gap on this course. Yeah, so we had talked about hole five, and then I had said 14 and 17 would also be pretty demanding. And this is a they, this was one of the two biggest changes to the course this year. They increased the difficulty of this tee shot, and a lot of players hit one of those many trees on the way out the gap over the course of the four days. Um, can you can you go back a second back to that uh, shot at 18:33? And I tell you guys uh, why this is so difficult. See how the gap doesn't start until it's probably like 50 feet away or maybe even further, 70 or 80 feet away from the tee. That is a mind fuck. Because that's kind of like in your – that's mental no man's land, right, Brian? And so you got to just it's, – it's basically – that gap is is really – you have to think of it as a 200-foot gap, not a 100-foot gap because because you have to keep it in that narrow corridor even even in the beginning, right? The other thing that's tricky about this one is that the first tree on the right and the first tree on the left are not next to each other. So ah. the gap is staggered. So, you know, you so can't. So it's narrower it's, than you even think. Yeah. So it's, and, and again, it's, you know, there's like actual metrics to it, but then there's the way that it feels and appears because of that. So there's, you have two options here, basically. You can throw a hyzer flip, but the, the room for error is almost nothing. So most of these guys are just trying to throw a pushing hyzer on one angle that goes all the way through, and once it gets out, moves to the left. Cornholio, are those trees as close as they look? Dude, what's crazy about these camera angles is it's it is really hard to tell how far unless you get profile shots. These shots down these alleyways, though, I think I think that everything's further away than it looks. What do you think, Brian? It will be interesting to see how camera work on these uh, this sport changes as time goes on. Uh, okay, uh, let's go to 2053, uh, uh, Silas Schultz, uh, for the putt, hole 14. It's a little birdie streak Look there. Look at that. Yeah, five of the last six here to get six of the last seven. Yes. So we saw him, you know, quite frankly, have some struggles on the green early on in the round. And then, you know, these guys are almost caught off guard by it because, you know, Nicholas is playing pretty well. Isaac's playing pretty well. And Silas is kind of like silently working himself back into the equation. Uh, can you hit play on that one more time and we check out the slow-mo, Caleb? 
slow start. Few bogeys. Looked a little bit nervous. Drop and now him down the leaderboard. Look at that. Right. Grab, grab that for me. Like Brian said, this is Silas's first time on the lead card. He's got the television crews. He's got the crowds. Uh, he's pretty pumped. Good shot for him. Uh, Will, Nicholas, Will, uh, Will Bransler even put a comment there just for you. Uh, this gap is so skinny. Uh, definitely falls under the patriarchal definition of beauty. <laughs> ah, little inside joke. But you can also be on involved in the inside joke if you go to the CrossFit.com Instagram page and look at a post from, I don't know, three days ago, three hours ago, a ridiculous post um, claiming that men somehow fucked up beauty. Don't know what beauty is. Okay, uh, 2020, uh, Nicholas Antilius for the putt. This guy is a beast. But Brian, where is everybody? How where where's Heimberg and these other guys? Uh, Paul Macbeth. Where is uh, Simon Lazat? Where's all these guys? You, uh, you Gannon Burr. Where's all these greats that we you've introduced us to in the weeks past? Where are these guys? Um, they're just not getting it done. I think this is Paul Macbeth's worst tournament of the year. He finished tied for twentieth. It was uh, Calvin Heimberg's worst tournament of the year. He finished tied for sixteenth. Simon Lazat actually had two incredible rounds and then on two of the other rounds he had two holes that just completely derailed him and basically took him out of contention he finished tied for 13th and Gannon Burr was in he was kind of just lingering in the top 10 the entire time he finished tied for seventh but never made a push for the podium or anything Uh, what did you say was Paul McBeth's worst tournament in 20 years no this year oh 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 he was 20th place. Hey, someone, someone, we're, we're going to look at the leaderboard. Some, one of those guys is like a minus three. Okay. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> Maybe for one of the rounds, they might have. No, 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 no. <laughs> for the entire tournament? Yes. Yes. Minus dude. three? Yeah. Look at like Macbeth or Lazat or Heimberg. Yeah. One of those guys. No, shit all four the... of those guys finished in the top 20. They did? Yeah. Okay, maybe I wasn't. I'm looking. For, I'm okay. looking down here. There's uh, okay. No. Okay, I thought one of those guys uh, completely shit the bed. I uh, tell uh, Paul Macbeth he better pull his head out of his ass because the league is going to blow up now that the Sevon Network is covering it. Fair enough. Sure. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Ortega is that guy Brown? No, that's a Finnish guy. Nice try though. It's a fucking. That's the whitest guy in the fucking tour. What the fuck are you talking about? your eyeballs checked so that's the thing that's the problem with brown people they just think everything these critical race people think just want to see everyone is brown no that's a nice try mr ortega with the best profile pick in the biz okay let's go let's play it let's see nicholas what you got i've got game he calls for the par and that's gonna be a second drop shot an opportunity for not good, not good. Hole 15. Isaac Robinson still in the lead. Uh, we are at a par 4, 7, 14. Uh, let's go to uh, 25. I think this is Silas's uh, second throw you're going to see on this par 4, 7, 14. 25 si- uh, minutes, Silas Schultz. No, he's <laughs> now he's out there committing sins. No, I'm kidding. That's an incredible this. shot. Look at this. Okay, there it is. Sorry, uh, try to go maybe go back to twenty four fifty. Sorry, here we go. Yep, here we go. So he's yeah. out of position he, here. That's he's just a really, really difficult line with the forehand. 
and he throws a pretty good shot. And he's basically just trying to get to there and then have an opportunity to run it if he wants to. But the course had another idea in mind. <laughs> it just keeps rolling for – there's actually out of bounds on there. And he ends up curling up a little bit short of it. But Hey, just so hard. you know, the, the commentator said that rolled 180 feet. I don't know if they were joking, but that's crazy. <clears throat> it might have. I mean, it, I, was, I was watching it live when it happened. I was like, damn, like, I don't know where that's going because it just goes over the hill. But that was going for a long time. Judy Reed uh, showing her knowledge in the sport of Frisbee. Uh, that was definitely a hook grip. Thank you, uh, Judy. Uh, 26 uh, 12, Nicholas Antilius. He's not afraid of leeches or water snakes or alligators. And if he is, he hit it very well, fishing his disc out of a stream. Yeah, and then sticking his foot right in it. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. So you have the option. That's unnecessary. That's unnecessary. He just puts his foot all the way in there. And there are a couple different options when it's um, casual water like that. Dude, that guy is a beast. Did you see that, Caleb? Yeah. His whole foot is under the water. So, you know, but he just decided I don't want to take it any further back. You have to take it backwards. If you don't want to play from in the water like that, you can get relief behind. But then you're putting from further and further away. You're up on that hill where there's that down. So he's like, you know what? I feel like I can make it from here, and I'm just going to deal with the fact that I have to have a wet foot for the last three holes. Yeah, he's yeah, going to walk he just, the rest of the round with a soggy sock. Well, he just gently places it inside of the wet orifice down there below the tree. Yes, slowly into the wet space. Okay, safety. Uh, imp- impressive shot. Uh, Twenty-seven oh two. Uh, Ilick, uh, Ilick, Isaac uh, Robinson, 27-2, uh, silences the commentators. I mean, the commentators are flabbergasted by him. Thank you for the audio, Caleb. 27-02, Isaac for the putt. Isaac has this for birdie. <laughs> wow. Uh. It really is like that, though. This was actually the most enjoyable tournament I've ever watched just because this dude, Isaac, is a f- He's been, I mean, he's at, at this point in the round, he doesn't have a ton of, um, he, he just hasn't made any mistakes. He's at the, he's at hole 15, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was his 10th par. I'm a 10th birdie and no, and nothing worse than par. So he's basically, he's almost playing flawlessly. And, and his dad, his dad is his caddy. This would be like if I was at the ADCC and Avi had Gordon Ryan by his penis and was swinging him around like this. <laughs> or if we were at the Olympics and he did an ollie off of Nigel Houston's neck. <laughs> or if we were at the French Open and he just fucking dunked on Novak Djokovic. Yeah. That, that's what this guy's father's feeling. Isaac Robinson's dad. Fucker. I, that should be. Did me. they talk about his dad. dad at all on the on the coverage you watched? Uh, just at the, uh, at the end, they show his whole family hug him, yeah. and I, and, I, and I was really happy for them. I mean, jealous as fuck. Okay, hole sixteen, Isaac up six shots, minus thirty two. He's in the he could he could win twenty five hundred dollars in a guitar. Mm, no guitar for this one. <laughs> he could win twelve hundred dollars in a bus ride, bus ticket back home. 
This is a fucking championship event. Whole 16. Actually, they, they asked and they said, hey, is it okay if we don't give you the bus tickets since your dad's here anyway? <laughs> right. Save money. Hole 16, Isaac. I mean, look how minimal the requirement is here. They're looking for reasons to spend money here. Uh, hole 16, Isaac up six shots, minus 32. This is a par three, 297 feet. Which means he could ace it. It does mean that. Let's take a look. Thank that you. That creek. James, good drive. Isaac, let me guess. That was helpful, that little branch there. And that works, you know, when you put it to 18 feet, that usually works pretty good. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield, it's really um, is amazing how fast the disc gets there with that little flick. Yeah, dude. It, uh, it, it, imagine that little bean that girls have. If you rub that thing right, it can stop their whole bean from like doing anything. And you can just stop them in their steps. There's it's a miracle. I don't know how we went from flick wrist to bean, but flick. yes, uh, tongue flick. Uh, twenty-eight fifty-seven. Uh, Silas Schultz. Now we uh, we don't need to see Silas off the tee. Let's go to twenty-nine forty. Nicholas Antilius for the putt on hole sixteen. Can he get the birdie? It's it's kind of a must. He's kind of far away out for a par three. Yeah, he he came up short here, so he won't be too happy about that, especially since Isaac's you know fifteen feet away. Okay, though spicy little effort. Yeah, spicy. Pretty good effort, about a foot high, but right on line. Uh, extra sloppy, these announcers rule. Not bad. I, I, I agree. I like them. A hole 17, are better than us. Not better than Brian. Better than me. Hole 17, par 4, 588 feet. Uh, this is uh, also a distance that I don't really like. <laughs> I like them shorter. Uh, Isaac off the tee, Isaac Robinson. And so this – like. This is the last of the three holes that we talked about. Look at this corridor. I mean, this is just daunting. It's a second-to-last hole. You can expect, especially on the last round, that, that you're going to be feeling the pressure. And I don't know if they showed it on this coverage, but in rounds one and two, he was literally in the exact same spot with the exact same disc. He just kept throwing a perfect shot on this hole. Uh, Nicholas, 33-28. Uh, uh, look at this. Uh, I, I don't know what. I guess this is some sort of kind of throwing posture here. I don't know what he's doing here. There's a story no, about this throw. No, no one throws like this. This is ridiculous, right here. This is actually just, he doesn't know what he's doing. This is called a pant, a patent pending throw. Okay. And the reason it's called a patent pending throw is because in the early 2000s, the two best players at the time were a guy named Ken Climo, 12-time world champion, and Barry Schultz, who I think is a two or three-time world champion. And both of them were throwing this shot, and no one knew who threw it first. So the joke was that the patent is still pending, and this name has stuck. Well, it's this fucking stupid posture. Won't get you chicks. Don't do it. But let's watch him do it anyway. Like if you're not Norwegian, like don't do this. If you're not like you're Nordic, one of the. And it's pretty difficult, by the way, to throw that shot. It, it's it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. It worked out for him there. Yep, sure did. Nice shot. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-three oh nine. Isaac Robinson for the putt. Does he continue the terror? Though this is circle's edge. <clears throat> so we said he was ten under through fifteen. He tapped it in on sixteen. Perfect tee shot on seventeen. Decent upshot makes the putt. He's now 1,200 par with one hole to go for this round alone. 
uh, Audrey, how does Brian keep so much shit in his brain? It's amazing. It it that it is truly amazing. How because at least I have notes in the footage. Brian has no idea what I'm bringing up. I don't even send Brian my notes. Brian doesn't even have my notes. It's so weird. Just to put yeah. in perspective, he shot 12 under par on this round. If you shot 12 under par for all four rounds combined, you would have been in the 50 percentile of the field. You would have been tied for 53rd, and only 106 players finished the tournament. Meaning he did better on the other rounds? No, meaning that in one round, oh, oh, he oh. beat half the field's entire tournament. Entire all four rounds. They couldn't get an under 12 in four rounds. He got a, t- a minus 12. Gotcha. Okay. One Crazy. Round. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scott Perkins, what do these guys use for insect repellent? <laughs> well, the, uh, that is an incredible the question. Brown Scott. Ones use soap, as Jonathan Ortega will tell you. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, Scott Perkins, are these guys pussy repellent? <laughs> yes. By the way, I know the minus yeah. three that you were thinking of now. That I believe was the score that silas schultz shot in this round oh it is okay okay yeah. thank you damn you're good brian damn i was looking at the I, I thought i was looking at the overall score at the end of the day and i was looking at that for the end of this round mm-hmm. okay uh okay so um we go to hole 18 uh brian any poison oak on the course there, I never can, there can be and what happens what's the rule if you're if your if your disc goes into just a pile of poison <clears> oak the, unless there's something there that marks it as a casual relief or an out of bounds, you have to play it. And there what's that mean, casual been, relief? What's that? So maybe there's like a ground under repair in the middle of the fairway. So they might stake it out and say, if it just lands in there, you just you have to play from behind it. So if there was a really dense area of poison oak or poison ivy, they the tournament director could choose to stake it out and say it's not out of bounds. But if it just goes in there, we're not going to make you stand in it. And you just have to play from anywhere behind that area. Could they you usually say don't do that. that is general saying like, "Hey, if it lands on an alligator or poison oak, you take a relief." Can they do that, or do they have uh, to stake the actual pile, the actual alligator? It has to be staked out. Like it, ha- it'll okay. be marked and and known in the caddy book um, for the tournament. The oh, caddy they book. Us- wow. But they usually don't do that. Um, and actually, Paul McBeth has a really severe reaction to poison oak, and there have been several tournament where he's gotten it, and it's been like a storyline for him as the tournament goes on. Uh, but Brian sends you highlights. You know, you know what he does? He, he, I actually have to watch the whole event. I just watch the condensed version of it. Meaning when Brian watches it, he watches it. The guys walking from hole to hole. Brian watches it in real time. I just watch all the holes. So they basically, he sends me a version that normally takes two hours to watch, and, I, it's, and it's a 40-minute version. But I still watch every hole and every guy. Brian just watches it in real time. Actually, I usually don't watch it. I, I, was, I might watch the last round in real time, but otherwise oh. I'll, I'll let it finish. But I'll watch the live coverage, and I'll just fast-forward through the commercials and the dead air. And the reason I do that is because on the ones I send Savan, there's only four players that you can watch. It's, they only cover one card. But on that one, they have cameras on different points of the course. So if there's other players that are doing you know, spectacular things, they'll send cameras over there and you can see it, more players uh, you know, throughout the round. Jonathan, I want to um, acknowledge that you probably had a good joke there. Like I said, something like, I like every guy's hole or something. And you said, yeah, you do seven, but in every hole and every guy, I, I know I must've said something and you had a good comeback. I apologize that the timing for uh 
the chat on the side doesn't let your ripping on me work perfectly, but I acknowledge it and I appreciate it. Thank you. A uh, whole 18. Um, Isaac is seven shots ahead. Minus 34. Uh, this is a par four, 734 feet. Uh, let us go straight to, uh, let's go to Isaac Robbins. Oh no, no, no. Let's go to 3915 Nicholas for the putt. 3915. And hole 18 is very difficult. It's pretty rare to get a birdie on this hole. Um, Looks like there were 10 birdies that day. Third consecutive birdie on the 18th and just a bit low. But all of it. And he needs those guys. He needs those because Isaac Robinson is on a terror. Correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, Isaac's playing. He played uh, almost a perfect round. 12 under par was the best round. There was one other player on the course. Actually, it was Gannon Burr who also shot 12 under that day. There was one guy that shot 11 under. Um, but that 12 under was the best that anyone shot in any round. There were a few players that shot it, but it was the, you know, it was the course record this weekend. And when you're, you know, when you're playing on the lead card and you're just watching the guy who's already winning, put up the best score of the day. It's, it's, you know, it can be demoralizing. Uh, let's go to the, uh, chase card by gatekeeper media. Uh, the thing here that we want to watch here basically is there is a gentleman named Eagle Gannon. No, Eagle oh, McMahon. Sorry, Eagle McMahon. Thank you, Eagle Gannon. Jesus Christ. Eagle McMahon. Yeah, so that's Eagle McMahon. Eagle McMahon is one of the top players in the world for sure. And he, and he definitely was one of the top three players in the world prior to having an elbow injury last year. Um, so he's working. He's still working his way back from that, quite frankly. And he doesn't throw hardly any forehands because of it. But in an, you know, in a normal year, he's a threat at every tournament. And um, he's one of the farthest players, throwing players in the world. And he's one of the best putters in the world. Uh, and uh, this is the chase card. And uh, it, I'm not sure if this is the, oh yeah. So this is the final round. This is the fourth round. And Silas Schultz, who is on the lead card is now on the chase card. He was unable to maintain. There's two other guys on the uh, chase card, uh, Gannon Burr and a guy named Orem, uh, Matthew Orem. Uh, you yeah, won't and, see and much Burr, of them. Orem and Eagle, Eagle McMahon are top 10 play, all top 10 players in the world. And Silas Schultz, like I said, was ranked 68th coming into this tournament. Okay, I want, I want to just play the audio on this for a second, uh, if we can, for a few, few seconds here. Well, this They talk about the caddy here. In the background, please note that Matt Gannon Burr's caddy is also pulling double duty caddying for Silas Schultz right now. Uh, just kind of fingers in two pots. Oh, that I don't know if that was an appropriate, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was an appropriate <laughs> simile or metaphor, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Not two fingers in one pot, but a finger in each pot. He was wearing two backpacks. That's what I mean. I don't understand the caddy thing, but okay. If Brian says they're friends and it's uh, – maybe that guy has Down syndrome and it's their way of doing charity or something. I don't know. A special Olympic ship, but uh, okay. Uh, let's just go to a whole – to, let's go to hole three. Uh, let's go to hole three. Uh, it's a par four, 726 feet at 1439. Let's look at our boy, Eagle McMahon. Uh, Brian had told us how good this guy is. I didn't really know, uh, but now I know uh, he is truly something special. And uh, let's watch some of his clips from this uh, tournament. On that so early in the round, but... 
as he chains out left side. You see. And yeah, I mean, Eagle, you know, right now, Gannon Burr is the best young player in the sport. But for several years, it was Eagle McMahon. And then it's like 2019, 20, 21, 20. I mean, this guy was insanely good, threatening for major tournaments, winning tournaments. And, and when he gets hot, there were times that he was winning turn, winning tournaments by like five to ten strokes. I mean, he's – I hope that he gets his forehand back at some point because when he can throw every shot that's out there, he's – you know, I think he has potential to be the best player. Uh, but just so you guys know, uh, Silas got a birdie on hole one, hole two, hole three. Uh, let's go to hole four at uh, 18 minutes and watch Silas uh, putt at hole four. Up there. Get it, baby. Yeah. And Silas Schultz can do no wrong. Four for four is a that's a great start on this course. Uh, and we got a little slow mo there for you if you keep playing. Four straight to start his round, and a gatekeeper rewind here. <laughs> great shot. He was. Uh, just, I mean, it's not impossible. There, there were two other players on that day that also started four for four. Uh, hole five, uh, going for his fifth birdie, twenty-one fifty-six. Silas fucks it up, and now we watch him putt for par. Man, yeah, that one looked a little awkward. I'm not sure what the little jump was after the release. Maybe his footing was a bit strange on a route. Maybe <clears throat> I don't know. But it, it was finally hole five. He gets his first par after four straight birdies. Hole six. I remember hole five is a pretty tough hole. Both of those other guys that started four for four, one of them made a par and one of them made a bogey. So it's a pretty, that's, I think it's the most difficult hole in the front nine. You think hole five is tough? Yeah. Well, that's because you're part of the patriarchy. Hole six, par three, 366 feet. Uh, Silas, uh, can he get a hole in one? Twenty three, thirty three. Remember, he's been uh, four, four, four birdies, one par in the first five holes. We're on hole six. Let's check him out off the tee. An ace. I will forgive him for that par if he can get an ace here. An ace. I have a feeling when we yeah. finally do see an ace, they're just going to say we're done. We're done. The show's over. This week was difficult to prepare for. It was a lot of shows. Oh, it wounded me a little bit. Uh, okay, so we get some choppy footage. Just know it was close to the basket. Here we go. Silas for the putt for birdie. Going five for six. Hole six, 25, 35. Silas Schultz. Is he a Jew? Schultz? Wants to do, like, squaring his hips up, pushing those towards the basket, the full follow, follow through. Nice count. Silas that. Schultz, five. Uh, Sarah, the only hot girl uh, in in the Western Hemisphere that watches frisbee golf, has to go because Survivor's on. Well, fuck. Well, bye. Silas Schultz, uh, five for six. Uh, hole seven. Par four. Seven hundred and forty-four feet. Here we go. Thirty-two, thirty. Silas Schultz putts for a birdie. Now, this would be uh, six uh, out of the seven holes. If he gets this birdie, this will be six birdies in seven holes and only one par. Silas Schultz. 
He's at, this doesn't have quite the distance potential that Schultz's did, but still in a fine spot. It'll be... Might be the wrong time code. Hold on. <clears throat> oh, I shit the bed on that. Damn it. Sorry. Maybe it's 3330. Mm, I think it's 3130. Hold on. Oh, I, I, got, I was too far oh, right. ahead. Oh, shit. All right. Fine. He, I, I think he gets it. Schultz? Yeah, I think in the seventh hole, Schultz gets the birdie. Now he has six birdies and one par in the first seven holes. And now he's tied for second with Nicholas Antilius. And they're chasing down Isaac Robinson. Or at least they think they are. Oh, here they are. Good job. Fuck, Caleb. It's East mode. Here he definitely goes. Get a roll Does he get the birdie? Get here. Yeah, I think this is on the don't mess with this basket list. Silas Schultz is. Is what? Not well. messing around has only part one hole. I thought they were going to say fitter than Justin Medeiros. Uh, hole eight. I wish you hole. could see the guy who was talking right there. <laughs> hole eight, par four, 645. Who gives a fuck what happened? But did Silas Schultz get another birdie? Hole eight, 3520. Take us there, Caleb. Just throw it already. Fuck me. To continue his I mean, he's playing, you know, he's work. playing very well, but like every one of these putts is in that no 20 doubt. to 30 foot range. Uh seven uh, eight holes, seven birdies, one par. Silas Schultz. Uh kicking ass. Uh play a little more. I think I think it'll say T two in the upper left hand corner, which means he's tied for second <clears throat> with Nicholas Antilia. Got a second turkey going. There Seven it is, down too. Eight holes. So remember, you guys, these guys are on the chase card, and that means that they are playing uh, a little bit ahead, one or two holes ahead of uh, where Holy Isaac is. Robinson and Nicholas Antilius are. Correct. Okay. Uh, hole nine. <clears throat> Par four, 618 feet. Let's go to 3807 and look at Silas Schultz's second shot. Now, this one's important. Par four. He needs to get close enough to the basket. Don't tell me it's a roller. No. Nope. Upshot. Nice upshot. Skips just a little long. 15 feet. Um, 39.22. Oh, you could tell I'm rushing. I'm just skipping all sorts of shit now. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? Damn, you good. Uh, 39.22. Silas Schultz. Can he get the birdie on hole nine? And and just like, yeah, I want to say really rushing. I told you specifically yeah, for this video that we wanted to watch Silas. Silas Schultz, nine holes, eight birdies, one par. I mean, <clears throat> like Brian said, this is this is this guy is uh this guy's up this game. This is his, you know, this is his first time in the big stage. He's handling his biz. Yeah, and it's I mean it's impressive. He shot great on on round number one, and he was immediately you know thrust into the limelight. Um, and that happens like that happens all the time, and it's easy to do in round one because it's a random distribution of players. You play wherever. There's no cameras on you for the most part. You could play early in the day, and before all the big names have even played, you put a ten down on the scorecard, and you're in the top three. To back it up with a like a good performance in round two, stay on the lead card. That's Twice as impressive, in my opinion. Obviously, he had a tough round three, but he'd already had two such you know such good rounds in round one and two that he's 
only on the second card going into the final day. And then he comes out and he shoots eight down on the front nine and puts himself right back in the mix for the entire tournament. I mean, it's the weekend of this kid's life. Uh, how we do it. Uh, can you ask Brian if he knows any disc golfers who would be willing to fight Jake Paul? It would be great for the sport. Uh, Sevon, you need to ship film equipment to out to the Sevonistas in the regions of tournaments as the seasons progress so they can be your man and ship film. What do you know? It's 19. Do you know it's, it's not 1984? It's 2023. You can use your own fucking iPhone anywhere you go. Ship out film equipment. Just like Waterpalooza. This guy puts ads in the paper looking for long lost relatives. <laughs> fucking ship out film equipment. I can't fucking believe that. Jesus <clears throat> Christ. Uh, oh, yeah, I, that is true. I practically pay for it myself. That's true. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Good point. You wonder what I do with all that money you send me. Uh, okay, Eagle, uh, let's go to the next. Uh, where where were you going now? We're going to the final final round, back nine. Uh, this is the chase card. Uh, let's. Uh, Eagle McMahon has been struggling all tournament relative to his greatness. But he is still in it because he's on the chase card. Uh, let's go to hole 10, par 4, 606 feet, uh, 325. Eagle's second shot, gross. If I tell you a shot is gross, what kind of shot is it? What's he do? <clears throat> what is it? Who knows? Uh, probably a overhand throw. A roller. A fucking <laughs> roller. Gross. You know why a roller's gross? For anyone who plays Frisbee, like doesn't play this fucking ding-dong game of Frisbee, anyone who just plays regular Frisbee, a roller's gross because when you see rollers, that means you're playing with someone who doesn't know how to play. And so what these guys have done is they've learned how to actually use rollers. But rollers the kind of thing like you're playing with a three-year-old and they throw it and it just fucking rolls off 30 feet in the wrong direction. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you, you're, you're a regular roller. So I have a, I have a prejudice and discrimination against rollers. I actually threw a roller intentionally for a birdie the other day. Oh, congratulations. That's sure. awesome. Maybe the first time I've ever done that. It's pretty cool. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, let's look at it. Uh, 38. Oh, oh, no, wait, where are we? Uh, 325. Let's look at this gross roller. The forehand roller. He's got to get it out of a tight gap, and so there's not a lot of space. So he can't throw it. You know, he has to throw it vertically to be able to do it. And he gets a pretty, I mean, a, a pretty good reaction there. He's got a chance to make that putt. Uh, Four forty-seven, uh, Eagle uh, for the putt. Eagle McMahon for the putt. I don't, I don't think I would have gone for that either. No, a lot, a lot <clears throat> of angles to manipulate. So about fifty but, hey, feet. I'm not questioning the great. Perfect line, little high. You, I mean, you're not going to be upset about that. I want to be upset about that. Great shot. Uh, Silas continues uh, with his terror of birdies and gets a birdie on the tenth hole. Hole eleven. Uh, Eagle uh, eight twelve. Eagle for the putt on the next hole. Group there. Eagle McMahon tied for fourth place on the chase card. McMahon posted it. A little bit closer makes it a correction, but also not a, nothing really obstructing his putt there. Uh, you can let it go, Caleb. We got a replay. Yeah. Very nicely. So, Nathan, if you're Silas, as we see Eagle on a gatekeeper rewind. Yeah, there's the putt. 
That's the putt that, that you're yeah, looking for. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Eagles, Eagles making a statement, just so you know. I know your eyes are all wondering, did Silas Schultz get another birdie? And yes, he did. Uh, still still in second place uh, with Nicholas Antilius chasing down Isaac Robinson, and now Eagle McMahon slowly makes a move himself. Hole 12, par 5, 990 feet. Uh, let's go to Gannon Burr, just for shits and giggles. He goes for an eagle putt. I'm still yet to see an eagle in Frisbee golf. Here he goes for the eagle. This feel nervous if you're throwing well. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> asshole. I just want to see one. God, I like Gannonber. Look at that posture. That's like you just <laughs> walked in and you're game. fucking. You walked in and you saw your mom taking it from the plumber. Not your girlfriend, but like your mom. You put you just cover your eyes and you're like, uh, can I get the keys to the car? Yeah, and that's uh, sorry. That's Dan, very patriarchal. Saying the plumber's giving it to your mom. Uh, your mom's giving it to the plumber. Sorry, your mom's giving it to the plumber. The uh, this is Gannon has a few very distinct things that he does in reaction to his shots, and that's one of them. And it is kind of comical. That's great. Uh, Fifteen ten. Eagle McMahon for the putt. An eagle on the day. Uh, no, uh, none on this hole today. And look, Gannon Burr is like one of the, you know, he's either the first or second highest rated player in the world right now. And he's friends with Silas Schultz, but he's just watched Silas Schultz make 10 out of 11 straight birdies to start this round. And in the meantime, Gannon's two under par for the round. So he's just like, what the hell is going on? You would, you would kick the plumber's ass if your mom was giving it to him. Like if your mom was right, like you came home and like his tool belts on the ground and she's riding his cock and you would like punch him. It's fucked up. That's not, that's not cool. what I meant. You thought by giving it to him. Oh, that's not what Jeff thought. He thought something else. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Yeah, I that's what I meant. I meant that she was boning him. I don't know what you thought by giving it to him. Like, oh, giving him like the last peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but you wanted it when you came home from school. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what giving it to him meant in my house. All <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, that that uh, speaking of stance, that was a crazy stance that um that Eagle McMahon had there back foot uphill front foot downhill and then throwing up that's that something doesn't look right about that, but uh, who am I? What am I just to do? No, you're ex- I mean, you're exactly right. It's not far away. That's not the challenge of this shot, but the footing is awkward and you have to just kind of stabilize yourself and maybe the lower body can't do what it would normally do in a putt like that. So you have to get a, you know, a little bit more control or power from the upper body. But we saw in that last replay that he has that really like flicky spin putt. And so that's not so much of an issue for him. The, the 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 no one's fucking with your mom. Your mom was fucking the plumber in in this in this hypothetical story. Uh, eighteen hole thirteen, eighteen thirty five. Eagle McMahon for the birdie. If he puts this in, he'll be in third place. Now listen, I'm gonna guess. Brian hasn't told me this. None of the nincompoops I fucking listened to all weekend told me this. I'm gonna guess that Isaac Robinson is having one of the top twenty best fucking games that anyone's ever had in fucking professional frisbee golf. Yeah, and this motherfucker, Eagle McMahon from the Chase card. If he puts this in, he'll be in third place behind this great dude. Here we go. Really low, so the, 
the disc isn't flying past. Yeah, made it look like you gave it a good bid, but you're still going to stick pretty close. <laughs> Third place, Eagle McMahon. And if you look Just like Brian told us about week one, Brian said there's a guy named Eagle McMahon. Here he is. And if you look Four at the bottom, later. Schultz did get birdie also on 12. So now he's made 11 out of 12 birdies to start this round, which is, I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. And actually on hole 11, his tee shot, I can't believe he didn't show his tee shot on hole 11, Savon. Uh, what were you uh, thinking? Who, Eagle? Eagle off the no, tee, no, 658. No, no. Oh. no, Silas. Oh. Uh, did, did you watch that shot? Silas Schultz off the tee with the replays. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the ace. Yeah. 615. Uh, let's go back. Do you want to go back there? Let's go back really quick. Yeah, we should show this shot. Hole I mean, 11, 615, please. Look at me. I'm trying to show off, Caleb. Like, oh, I had it in my notes, motherfucker. I had it. Uh, <clears> will, will Silas get the hole in one? 420 like feet said, really open lots of air is that is that close them. enough to get a hole in one tis there'll be a replay cable oh. too <gasps> oh my goodness he had it on the perfect line so with a bit catching like, some high left change let's take a there are a couple times in the history of disc golf where someone has shot 18 under par in a pro tour event it's actually it's happened twice paul mcbeth did it both times and at this point in the round, he's off that pace because he's had that one par. I thought I was actually in the other room when he threw this shot and I heard it hit the chains and I was like, oh my God, did he just fucking ace that hole? What were but you doing in the other room? Getting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ha! Ha! <laughs> Jeff, I just found out where your peanut butter and jelly sandwich went. <laughs> and, uh, but it just, it like sliced through the chains and went about 10 feet long. So, but it was, I think it was a worth, shot worth showing. It's probably the closest days we've seen, you know, other than I threw, I threw a Frisbee for uh, six hours a day with a joint in one hand, a pack of fucking cigarettes in the other hand and a fucking two forties of, uh, or one forty of uh, Mickey's and a 32 of Miller high life. And I did that six hours a and day no for seven years. And I fucking threw the Frisbee hard as fuck. And my elbow never felt anything. Occasionally, sometimes, occasionally, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I feel like one of my ribs was broken. I would have some like crazy rib pain, like just like I bruised them from just throwing so hard. You know what I actually think? Um, because back then you would definitely not have done this, but this position of holding your phone with your elbow bent like this for yeah. an extended period of time, I think that fucks with people's elbows just as much as anything else. Or just holding your cock up. No, your your cock's so big that your arm's straight. But if yours is normal size, you have to bend your elbows. <laughs> bend your elbow. <laughs> okay. Uh, hole fourteen, par four, seven thirty-six. Hey, that's only been done twice. What? Where someone 18 shot eighteen under? holes in a row and got. Uh... <clears throat> in both instances, it was Paul Macbeth, and in both instances, he did not birdie every hole. He had sixteen birdies, one par, and one eagle. Holy shit! Crazy. And they were in the same year, I believe. So this is some insane playing we're seeing yeah. this week. Okay. Uh, hole 14, par 4, 736. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to 2342, uh, Eagle McMahon for the putt, hole 14. There'll be a replay Showing on this you too. That he is still trying to win this darn thing. So Eagles, he got up the gap. He had a decent upshot, and he's got a chance for a birdie here. Very huge for him. McMahon for his three. 
Yeah, and he's and when he starts putting like that is when things get scary for the competition because that just I mean that looks effortless the way that he's doing that. And you get a little replay here, Caleb. Yeah, you get a profile shot of this. Yeah, and a bit on the high side entering the chains, but that has been his miss <clears throat> from circle two also, which is in my opinion a better miss than low. Definitely had a chance. Uh, hole fifteen, par four, seven hundred and fourteen feet. Uh, Eagle McMahon maybe in what place is he in now? Still in third, or did he move up to second? We'll find let's out see. here in a second. Yeah, a uh, let's go to uh, uh, 2833. Uh, Eagle doing the gross thing again. Oh, fourth place, fourth place. Schultz is in second. Wow. Okay. Gannon Burr, eighth. Uh, 2833. Eagle doing the gross thing. Why? I don't know why. Pretty easy to get to the left position. or the right. <laughs> This is where we'll go on his stats as a scramble rate. So he's throwing, this is a, I mean, this is a crazy line. That's, you have to get lucky on that. He's trying to do that. And he knows that if it pushes out to that side, he just has to miss those trees. But even if it catches one of those trees, he's going to hopefully be in a position where he can save the par. What did you call that? It goes down what in his stats? A scramble? A scramble. So the stat is the scramble rate. How often did you miss the fairway and save par? Oh, okay. Wow. That's cool. A scramble rate. Uh, 2930 Eagle putts for the birdie. This one's got a replay also. Eagle McMahon. Maybe a little ambitious on the go. But may still believe there's a path forward for victory. Yeah, Downhill. hard to make yourself settle for a par when you just took a bogey after you've only had one par. That's nuts. Yeah, that's a really, really difficult and really well done putt right there. I hit that's aggressive circle two here. Yeah, don't look now. That is coming in hot. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Silas Schultz, 31 minutes uh, for the putt. Oh, Silas. So... Silas did eventually cool off as you look at the bottom there. He had a par on 13, a bogey on 14, and then he misses a makeable putt here on 15. And basically, you know, with as good as, as Isaac Robinson has been playing, as Eagle is playing here, and as Antela is continuing to play, these two bogeys eliminate the chance for him to win the tournament. But, but still, he can certainly take second place, and he can definitely is in a position to have the best tournament of his life. Uh, hole 16, par 3, 297 feet. This is the easiest hole on the course. Well, Savon, what makes this the easiest hole on the course? Well, the stat that the average is a half stroke under par for this hole. Do you guys know what that means? That means if it's a par 3, most of the, the average is 2.5 throws to get it in the basket for people. And, and, and it being a half stroke under par makes it the easiest. There's no other hole of the 18 where, it, where the average is a half stroke under par. You guys get it? Good. You're learning shit. Hole 16. Silas for the putt. 3405. Yeah, on, on the last round, there were only seven players in the entire oh, field okay. that made a bogey on this hole. So, you know, half the field basically is birdieing and half of it's getting a par, and there's just a handful of guys that did worse than that. Oh, uh, we got a replay on that. Bam. 
And uh, you love third, to see that. I mean, it, he's obviously going to be bummed coming off two bogeys, but he steps back up, hits a good putt, and celebrates with the crowd. And I like I give him a lot of credit for that from just a mental perspective. Uh, thirty-four. Uh, yeah, enjoy enjoying his time in the limelight too, right? Like, hey, I'm on the yeah, court. soak it up. I mean, yeah. look at you know, it's pretty likely this is a hard course and it's a major tournament. The pressure's on. Like, it's pretty likely that you're going to have one or two holes at the very least that don't go your way. But it doesn't mean that you have to just dwell on them and continue to spiral out of control. He was able to rewrite the ship and get a birdie. Nice job queuing that up, Caleb. Thirty-four, twenty-six, eagle for the putt and the yeah. birdie. And so, you know, Man. Eagle here on the back nine is starting to have a round similar to Silas on the front, and not quite as good, but he birdied 7, 8, 9, 11, and then 13, 14, 15, 16. And now we got two holes still to go. Hole 17, par 4, 588 feet. Eagle McMahon on his third throw, which would be the putt. I, don't, I didn't put a number for you, son of a bitch. You see that? I didn't give you a number. It's sometime after 3858. 3858 is his second. There's his first throw off the – no, that's Silas. Go to uh, 3858. Let's see what we're looking at. Okay, so this is Eagle McMahon's second throw on a par four. And, he's, and he had a good tee shot there. He's in a decent spot. This is a fairly straightforward approach for him. He's throwing a putter, and he just cozies it up there. So he's going to pack that in for five birdies in a row. Oh, okay. Well said. And thank you. There you go. Okay. I probably didn't have a time code for it. I was just going to say, okay, so he got the birdie. Uh, now he's in third place as we go into hole 18, <clears throat> par four, 734 feet. As I mentioned, nine different uh, athletes from nine different countries are playing in this tor tournament. Uh, Eagle is tied with Nicholas. Nicholas is on the uh, lead card, Nicholas Antilia, who we saw earlier, the guy from Finland who looks like he's 12. Uh, and just to go. put in perspective, we had seven bogeys on hole 16 that day. On hole 18, there were only 11 birdies. So it's about as hard as hole 16 is easy. Wow. Okay. Okay. That uh, Good. Good perspective. Uh, 45, eagle for the putt. And that was a birdie putt. So he had thrown two great shots to get in position to finish out with six birdies in a row and put a little bit of pressure on Isaac. And I mean, it's, it's kind of unfortunate to have a really good round and miss a putt like that at the end. Uh, I think that's supposed to be 45, 19, Caleb, and it's Eagle for the uh, Eagle McMahon for the putt. Oh, coming out as driven as you're used to seeing. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one is, he, you know, he rallies and hits the second putt as we often see these guys do. He had a clean round 10 under par, it was, uh, I think, the second best round of the day. But he's probably walking off the course and being like, man, I just would have it been nice to make that last one. Ladies and gentlemen, the final front nine of the lead card, I present to you Isaac Robinson. And Nicholas Antilia plays a great supporting role in what you're going to see in our five weeks as some of the best Frisbee golf we've seen yet. Uh, any truth to the rumor that Don Lemon is going to start commentating for the Disc Golf League, uh, Brian? Conversations are being had. All right. That's all we got. Uh, I told my wife to uh, – how we do it? I told my wife to increase her scramble rate when she was cooking my eggs this morning. Fair enough. Um, all right. 
Uh, hole one, Isaac Robinson uh, is here at minus 34 in first place. It's a par four, 660 feet. Uh, let's just go and watch uh, Nicholas Antilius at 930. Go for the putt. Go for the birdie. Can he get it? It's important than this guy, Nicholas, keep the pressure on. He's at minus 27 in second place. And Robinson is uh, seven shots ahead of him at 34. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's just insane. Like that minus 34 score. If he didn't even play the last round, he still would have had a top five finish in the tournament. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, what happens if you don't play the final? Can you, can you do that? No, no. But no that, okay. You know. Okay. Uh, 9.30. Uh, Nicholas, for the birdie, can you keep the pressure on uh, Isaac Robinson? And Niklas, show if he's nervous, he steps up. And- <clears throat> Hole two, par three, 390 feet. Isaac, off the tee, 11.12. Yeah, and Nicholas got the birdie on one. Isaac did not, so he, he closed the gap to six there. Decent shot. He'd like to. He'd probably like to be a little closer, but definitely makeable putt. Uh, Nicholas, twelve uh, ten, up for the birdie. If I see the one. whisker on the ground right in front of his foot, so he's just outside the circle. Oh, that's huge. Uh, Isaac also got the birdie. Yeah, both of them made about circles edge putts there, so it still stays at six strokes. Hole three, par four, 726 feet, 1615. Nicholas Antilia for the long putt. Trying to keep the pressure on Isaac Robinson. Back this on is hole this, 11 of the first. I don't know what disc this is that he throws, but he throws this red disc a lot when he's approaching the basket or trying to throw it in. And, I mean, very, very touchy shot there. Well done. You can see it slopes down away from the basket. So to get that to just stop right there and take an easy tap in is that's good for him. Yeah, but it, but he does end up with a par, right? That was his third throw. Uh, you see down there on the bottom. What holds this hole three is a par four, and he but he's going to end up with a par. Yeah. All right. Uh, not good. Hole four. No, but Isaac uh, also took a par, so it's all right. Uh, there's a guy named Mason. Uh, what's his last name? Mason or Long? Mason Ford. Okay, so there's a guy named Mason Ford who's also on the lead card. And just to put in perspective how good Isaac Robinson is doing, he's 10 behind the leader, and yet he's on the same card as him. So everyone else who's behind on all the other guys playing are just really like in in no man's land. Uh, That's how good Isaac is doing. This is a par 3, 327 feet, second shortest hole on the course. Uh, Let's take a look at uh, 1924 Isaac off the tee with a replay. His dad is his caddy, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show. And the thing about watching someone play when they're playing this well, and the fact that they're playing, you know, the same tournament, four days, the same course, four days in a row. <clears throat> you know, I've heard people say this about some of the best golfers before. It's like it's almost boring watching them play because they're just throwing shots that are so perfect. Like you start taking for granted how hard it is to do what he does because every shot is <laughs> within twenty feet of the basket. Yeah, that's incredible. So Isaac gets another uh, 
another birdie there. Let's go to 21. Uh, Nicholas Antilia, can he keep the uh, at least stay within um, striking zone? Uh, he has to put this in. This is a putt for birdie on the same hole. Nicholas, and he is going to drop one to Isaac. That's a little sigh of relief, maybe. <clears throat> and so, but you know, Nicholas had gained a stroke on him earlier in the round. Now he gave one back, so they're back to where they started, but where they started was seven strokes apart. Uh, hole five, Isaac at minus 36. Nicholas at minus 29. The game will be over in 14 more holes. Uh, par three, 432 feet. Uh, let's go to 2458. Isaac Robinson with the big putt attempt. 2458, Isaac Robinson. That's a good little. Yeah. And, you know, hole five is playing as the hardest hole on the front nine. I think there were less than 20 birdies per day on this hole. So you can get it, but. A lot of people taking par here. And Isaac makes a long putt to save a par there. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Eat World, how long we got? I need to put my medicinal cock in my new chick. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you have any ailments, there are rumors that Jeremy uh, does uh, present uh, a medicinal cock. That is uh, true. I've heard the rumors. Uh, Isaac Robinson killing it. Killing it. A hole six. There's 18 holes. We're on hole six. So that's how much time we have. Hole six, par three, 366 feet. Uh, uh, Let's uh, just give James Conrad a little bit of love at 28-27 as he putts. Uh, The former champ deserves at least a little bit of time on the Great Sevon podcast. He putts from 3,000 feet away. Being one over through five. About 45 feet. That's good help. Uphill. Little jump putt. Mm. You can also. Sorry, James. You shit the bed. Uh, Twenty-eight thirty-nine. Uh, Nicholas Antilius with the putt on hole six. A lot of money at this major championship. Oh please! I feel like there's some. Did you say a lot of money? <laughs> What's he talking about? Well, the prize pool, the prize purses are increasing at these. Uh, Tell me, how much is it for first place? How much is it? I can't. I'll find out. Okay. Uh, Twenty-eight fifty. Really Isaac Robinson for the putt on hole six. Top five. To reach for, and then the top ten, of course, is the one you really, yeah, really a- want to stay in that top ten. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Hole seven. Isaac minus thirty-six. Nicholas in, in second place minus thirty. Thirteen thousand for the winner. Par four, seven hundred. How much for second place? 8,000. Uh, par four, 744. Oh, uh, do they pay down to 750th place? How much? What does 40th place get? 40th place is the last spot that cashes. They get $1,000. Wow. Total payout for the men is 92,000. They had 106 um, players. There were 40 players in the women's field. They pay out 37,000. First place gets 8,000. 16th place gets 1,000. Wait, the women get less money than the men? Mm-hmm. Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Well, they have they had they had a total. They had, you know they only have forty uh, percent of the players, or yeah, forty percent of the participation. And the prize purse is actually is is higher ratio than the number of participants. So they're actually getting more money per player. Well, fuck that. That's matriarchy. Okay, a uh, whole seven. Uh, 
Hole seven. That, that's actually a, that's a lot of money. Kudos to the guys who put on these tournaments. It's kind of crazy. Is there an entry fee? Good question. Mason Mitchell doing the same thing I'm doing, trying to compare it to the great sport of CrossFit. There is an entry fee. Yeah. How much? <laughs> I don't know at these tournaments. When I play in the tournaments, about fifty bucks. Uh, this is drying up faster than my ex girlfriend. Dude, we're fucking killing it. We're twelve holes away. Are you fucking kidding me? <clears throat> well, we're 12 holes away from your ex-girlfriend a whole seven isaac thing of 36 I mean, dude, had... we're two hours in like she must have been pretty she must have been pretty good yeah thank you thank you brian for pointing out the obvious uh nicholas antilius for the long putt 33 minutes i tried to make this so fast today i can't believe we made it to two hours again this is fucking nuts maybe this upcoming week i'll really help you yeah Got a little stab yeah, at it. Yeah, he, he really, man. We haven't seen him have to really go. I need to do every other hole. He misses the fucking putt. He needed that. 33-40, Isaac Robinson for another birdie? No. Come on. Take a break, for God's sake. <clears throat> he actually hasn't go. been making too many birdies on this round, but he oh, didn't good. really necessarily need to. He was so far on the and lead. That is a very was, comforting feeling for Isaac. You know, not, not to make too many mistakes. So seven holes in, he's made three birdies and four pars, and that's just fine for him. You know, he's when you're playing with the lead, the mentality changes a little bit. And actually, towards the end of this round, he even stops throwing any of his fast-speed discs and is only throwing mid-ranges. <laughs> um, Isaac Robinson, minus 37. Mason, who's on the same card as minus 24. <laughs> yeah, Mason was having a tough day. Through seven holes, he had zero birdies and one bogey. Oi. Uh, let's go to 37-54, hole eight, Isaac with the big putt. Approaches from those lies. Very good. I don't see any reason why Isaac wouldn't give us a little bit of a run. A good safe bid. Like for me, if I'm playing in a tournament, I don't know if I'm going to run that putt because even this 20 footer downhill and you know, it's downhill past the hole. It can roll away and I wouldn't hate to take a bogey from there, but he did, gives it a little bit of a run and he feels you know, more than confident from there. Uh, he did pull, pull it a little bit though. He yeah. wasn't going for it. Right. Yeah. I think that was, you know, that's, Maybe 45. No, he was trying to make it, but he was a little long. 45, 50 feet there. Uh, Nicholas, until you uh, opportunity for a putt 38.09 to uh, make up a point on the leader. Can he do it? Chip away into that lead a bit. And his putting has continued to impress. <clears throat> Hole nine. So, to, but, I mean, so he does gain a stroke on Isaac there, but through eight holes, he's that's the only stroke he's gained. He's, you know, he's one stroke closer than he was eight holes ago, but he only has 10 holes left to try to close down six more strokes. Yeah, crazy. And uh, this is hole nine. Going into hole nine, remember Silas Schultz is on the chase card, and he's also in second place with the minus 32. He is birdieing everything. Uh, par four, 618 feet, hole nine. Uh, nothing really to show here. No, we can skip through it, but uh, Antilla makes a birdie. Isaac does not, and the lead shrinks to five. Final nine holes. Holy shit, yes, you heard it. 
Uh, hole 10. Uh, par 4, 606 feet. Isaac has not bogeyed since the 11th hole in the first round. It's a crazy stat. And I said I did say earlier that it's a, it's a tough course. It's a fair course. You can make birdies on it for sure. But the tee shots are demanding. And if you get off the fairway, I mean, Simon, Simon Lazad had double bogey, triple bogey, and he's one of the best players in the game. And most of these players are taking bogeys. To play over two rounds worth of golf on this course and not take a single bogey is kind of wild. Uh, hole 10, Isaac ends up getting a par. Let's move on to hole 11. Uh, Silas is negative. Uh, sorry, Silas is minus 34. Isaac Robinson uh, minus 37, only up by three now. Uh, this is a par three, 420 feet. Uh, let's look at uh, 715. Isaac. For the birdie to stay ahead of Silas, 7.15. Yeah, Isaac's ability to, to control the driver as if it were a mid-range is just... You saw he took, a little extra, you know, he took a little extra time there on his putt relative to what he usually does. He usually just kind of two pumps and then lets it go. I think it was because of that car that drove in the background that he just wanted Seriously? to let it pass by. Yeah, there's a white like SUV that drives by that he took a couple extra... See it back there? Yeah, yeah. That he took a couple extra pumps. And I remember watching that and thinking that might have thrown him off. Wow, interesting. Okay. <clears throat> a whole 12. Silas Schultz now on the chase card, only two behind this incredible run that Isaac Robinson is having. Uh, he, Silas Schultz is at minus 35. Isaac's at minus 37. Uh, we're at a par five, okay. 990 feet. Uh, 12.09, Isaac. I think this is Isaac's uh, third uh, throw here. Usually Fords don't need a jump start, but ah, and talking to a Raptor and a... and uh, you know hole twelve is the easiest hole on the course. So Isaac played it pretty conservatively for the birdie. Some players are playing it more aggressively to try to get the eagle, and so a guy like in this case, like Antela, who knows that he has to like put some pressure on this guy and find a couple of spaces to pick up a, a stroke. He has to take the risk there. And so while Isaac played it easy, got the four, Nicholas kind of went for it a little bit and ends up taking the five, which means bad news. Greg C, Brian, two pumps and let it go. Bold move. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, right there you see on his third shot, he's close. That means he gets the birdie because it was a par five. Let's see what Nicholas Antilius does on hole uh, 12, uh, 12.32 for the birdie putt just to not fall further behind. This patented flip parks that one for the birdie. And Niklas first. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was kind of a bummer because, like, I, f I felt like then at that point he probably didn't have a chance. Uh, hole 13, Isaac has now uh, extended his lead from two to three. He's at minus 38. Silas Schultz uh, dropped back one. Let's look at Isaac at 16.37 for a par putt. Run to a screeching halt, and This is no gimme. No, that's, well. No. And that's he just goes like so it. fast. He makes just looks so relaxed and comfortable there. Uh, hole 14, uh, Isaac is now up by four over Silas on the chase card. It's a par four, 736 feet. Let's go to 2040. This is Nicholas Antilius' second throw. 
He needs to get close to the basket. It's a par four. Got to get close to the basket on this one. Had the sidearm, but he sees, I think he sees them throw it. And then he's like, yes, I think I'll do that as well. And he does. You see all three of those discs there on the ground. And um, I mean, it was, I was just like he said, the sidearm seems like the option here, but all three of those guys threw the similar shot with the turnover backhand to inside the bullseye. So it's pretty impressive grouping. And uh, there you go. So that gives Nicholas the uh, birdie on hole. Uh, Both hole him was and that? Isaac. Wait, was oh. that what hole is that? That was 13? That was 14. Oh, hole 14. Uh, what's crazy here is James uh, Conrad got a triple bogey on this hole. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like I said, you know, you get off the fairway on this course, that can happen. And then and it can happen to great players. And we'll and we'll talk about by the end of the round, Isaac, like the totality of what Isaac Robinson did in this tournament. But just like having a perspective that, you know, a guy as good as James can take a triple bogey on one of these holes. And we're going to look at Isaac's stats in a minute and see just insane performance from this guy. Uh, hole 15. <clears throat> uh, nice, Caleb. Just playing some stuff in the background as we as we banter. I like that. Good, good Caleb up in his game. Uh, hole 15. Isaac has a five point lead. Uh, over Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas is back in second place, uh, par four, 714 feet. Um, let's go to 25. Nicholas's second shot. Got to get it close. Par four. This is his second throw. If he wants the birdie, bam, there it is. And that's that red disc that I told you that he loves, and he's just got such good touch with that coming into the green. Uh, something remarkable happens on this hole. Isaac gets a birdie also and is now 40 under par. Now we're getting and, into weirdo land. Yeah. And in the, um, in like the interviews, the press conference that they did at the start of the tournament, uh, Paul Macbeth and Gannon Burr both said that they thought between 30 and 34 under par would win this thing. Um, he's at 40 under. Par three, 297. Uh, 2830 Isaac for a birdie at 2830. Understands how to do it. Like, I don't think it's a part of his skill set. He might just mess up and it might roll. It doesn't. So, where you, so where you saw him standing there, that's where he threw, he threw it off the tee and it landed there. And then a second throw, he tosses it in the basket. Also, don't forget at this time, as we saw just prior to watching these guys go, we saw Eagle McMahon go on a run. And at this point in the, in the tournament, Eagle McMahon is now in second place, tied with Nicholas Antilia at minus 35. Isaac is at minus 41. And obviously there's, you know, everyone wants to win the tournament, but there are some big things on, on the line for some of these guys as well. Like if you finish in the top five, you get an automatic invite next year. And for someone like Silas Schultz, that's rated outside the top 50 in the world. Like that's a pretty big deal to lock up an invite to the first major of the year for the following year, if you can stay in the top five. And for other guys like Eagle McMahon, who hasn't necessarily played in every tournament, cause he's not a hundred percent, you know, a top finish like this is a lot of points. You get extra points in the major and that goes a long way towards, you know, maybe his season long goals. Do you think it's um, uh, inconsistent that I make fun of Talking Elite Fitness for having emoji drafts, and here I am doing my fifth uh, Frisbee golf show that lasts over two hours? I'm fucking having a beer tonight. I'm fucking drink. I'm getting drunk tonight. I could just fuck myself. 
See, that's not, I should never thought, I shouldn't think things like that. I'm going to get out the bondage equipment. What should I have my wife do to me tonight? Send me a DM. Call up that guy with the uh, <laughs> intestinal cock. <laughs> you know, he's a black guy. Jeremy, I don't know. I'm going to take a medicinal cock from a black guy. Not, not my first time, at least. God damn it. Hole 18, ladies and gentlemen. Two hours and 10 minutes. Two hours and 11 minutes with Caleb Beaver, Brian Friend. Breaking new new ground. Embracing... Uh, Barely pubescent boys throw discs with no beaver around. Sorry, Caleb. No vagina around. What kind of fucking sport is this? Uh, hole 18. Uh, Eagle and Nicholas are tied. Uh, this is an important hole uh, for Nicholas. Um, Eagle is on the chase card. This is a par 4, 734. Basically, Isaac has this shit wrapped up. Let's watch all my clips from this one. 38 minutes. Uh, Nicholas Antilius. Uh, this is his third throw. On a par four, got to get it close to the basket. Yeah, and he had a, not a less than perfect shot off the tee, so he is scrambling a little bit here. And at this point, he's just trying to to get a par so that he can match eagle and take a tie for second on the tournament, which is obviously a great finish. Uh, Thirty-eight twenty-five, Isaac in putting range. Is he going to go for it? Crap! That's look at the crowd. Four or five <laughs> so people. Is, deep. Isaac says, "I'm." Um, what That's the a, fuck was that? Play that a, again. Let Brian talk about that shit. So you remember what you said earlier is that when you're the furthest out, you have to putt. And generally speaking, at the end of the tournament, everyone wants to clear the green and let the winner of the tournament tap in the, the disc and celebrate with the crowd. So, he, the, But the thing is, he hasn't had a bogey since hole 11 in round one, and that putt is for par. And so he obviously lays it up and accepts the bogey because he won the tournament, but... If he had Why just didn't he put that in though? He could have put that in. He could have put it in, but it's just, he's just like his option was to let all the others put out of turn, which you're not really supposed to do. And some of them were putting for things that were actually critical for their positioning or to just lay up, let them finish their tournament and then tap it in and, and get the loud cheer from the crowd and be the last uh, shot of the tournament. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Uh, okay, uh, so so he just throws one at the bottom of the basket like a ding dong. Thirty nine oh two. Nicholas Antilia for second place uh, with the eagle. Let's see if he can do it. From, from four wire to wire. Eagle ball. McMahon for four feet out. Congrats. Good job. Yeah, and a great. I mean, a great tournament for Nicholas to finish tied second in a major here in the U in the United States. I mean, that's a huge deal for him, and he's obviously you know has invested in being over here this season for the tour. And, you know, you, it might not seem like a ton of money, $8,000 to get or $7,000 because he has to split it with Eagle. But, um, you know, that makes, that makes him feel pretty good about, you know, the next month or two of the turn of the tour. And hey, there's wait a, a second. So if he has to split it with, he must not have to split it with Eagle because they're well, not going to give the, the payouts are 8,000 and 6,000. So they just add those together. Oh, 14,000 okay. divided by two, they each get 7,000. Okay. That's the other guy, Gavin Babcock. So these are these are all of uh, Isaac's friend. There's Gannon Burr. That's his brother who's hugging him at the Prodigy shirt. Gavin Babcock, and then um, Alden Harris out to the side. And these guys are like buddies that travel on the tour together and whatever else. His family all lives nearby, so they come up and give him a hug. And Isaac held it together for a long time. He didn't really show any emotion until the 18th hole, and then he did cry a little bit. And 
I think Who's rightfully. That chick crying. Who's that chick? Probably his sister. Maybe his girlfriend. I don't know. Sister. I'm, I'm gonna go sister. <laughs> but you know, they were telling some stories here that like his dad was a disc golfer and he he took these guys out on the course when they couldn't even walk and they were throwing discs when they were three and four and five years old and now they're 22 and 20 and they're playing on the pro tour and they're in their home state at the first major of the year his dad's on the bag and the guy has a wire to wire win and only has one bogey out of four rounds on the course it's like it's insane that's his dad right there god his dad looks young i mean the kid's only 22 Hey, well, my kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we know how old you were when you were your kids. <laughs> hey, um, is he going to do this again? Is Isaac the real deal? Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Isaac has been in in positions to do well on on in big tournaments before. He's calm under pressure. He has a really, really just simple putting stroke, and I, you know, I think that putting is the critical component to separate you from whatever level of player you are. He's got the best control at the backhand, forehand, backhand of anyone. And what I told you about the fact that he went out there in a practice round with six discs and his, and his brother and threw six under par, like if anyone watched the, in the bag I did the other day, I have like 25, six, seven discs in my bag, but there's only eight of them or so that I really need. And I just have X. If you just have a few discs that you have really good control with and really good understanding of, even at the pro level, that's pretty much all it takes. And that's what Isaac is. He's a very simple player. He's a very efficient player. And I think he's going to be good for a long time. Uh, disc golf originated in ancient Rome. And that's uh, one of but- those things you should clip, by the way, so that we can start getting the player's attention. Oh, okay. Okay. And I shouldn't uh, follow it with like a comment like this. Biggest dickus. Oh, we can yeah. clip it. That's the nice part. They don't have to see okay. that. Uh, two, uh, <clears throat> 216. Caleb, did you see that? Um, website I sent you? Yes. I just wanted to show you this, Savan. Just so talked about a lot of these things today. Please, so I got nowhere to go. Yeah, I know. This is the leaderboard. So click on Isaac Robinson, and then we're going to click on profile. I wonder if my kids are still awake. I and we're going to scroll down see them. and see these stats. So these are some of the stats I was talking about. So the, in, in the of the players who played in this tournament, he was only 64th in the field on fairway hits. But on a quarter of the holes, he was inside 10 feet, which was best in the field. On uh, 58% of the holes, he was inside 33 feet, first in the field. And on 70% of the holes, he was inside 66 feet, which is sixth best in the field. At the bottom, see that scramble number there? 92% scramble rate. So 92% of the time that he was off the fairway, he still managed to get a par. And that's not, and, and that's probably. Both that and the circle one X puttings are both taking a hit because he laid up on hole 18. They would have been a little bit higher. So this guy's ability to recover from a bad tee shot and his putting, especially inside the circle, is basically what, you know, elevated him to the top of this field. I'll tell you what would be a good fucking video clip that I ask you what all these things mean and you tell me. But also we have clips ready so that we can show, like, I'm like, what's 67th? percent on fairway hits and then you describe what that is and then we actually have a clip of it okay during a dead time in the crossfit season we can get that detailed it's always a dead season hey did you see alex Gazan? did you see alex Gazan bench press yeah kotler sent me that earlier today i was like that's that's just insulting and she's doing it in sandals (laughs) dude she it doesn't even look hard for her i know i know 
I wonder how hard her pecs are. They haven't. Uh, he says they haven't been that's, benching. That's patriarchy shit right there. She keeps her feet up there when she does it. Oh, oh. yeah, that <clears> is. I thought the same thing at first. This that's Larry Kuna, by the way. You know who that is, right? No, she looks cool though as fuck. Brazilian girl that made it to the games a couple years ago, but failed the drug test and then was able to prove contaminated supplement. Oh, I'd like to wrestle her. <laughs> hey, um, I'm, Alex is coming on tomorrow at 830 in the morning. That's awesome. Halfway through the um, – what are you doing tomorrow morning? You want to come on for those 15, 20 minutes when she's on? At 830 a.m. Pacific time? Yeah, I'll send you a link anyway. She's going to come on. I'm going to shoot the shit. I want to just watch that like 20 times with her. I want everyone just to cheer on and tell her what a badass she is. She deserves some crazy accolades for that. That's freak of nature shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, she's badass. Yeah, it's fucking – what a fucking stud. We'll see if there's I'm any so bench pressing live competition this year. What is, what what is the was there some sort of bench press for CrossFit uh, in some semifinal quarterfinal or what it was there was something yeah, right last 2008, year? Uh, 2018 regionals Linda was in the programming and we you know we watched those together but last year they had the other total as part of the quarterfinals but they didn't do any breakdown of how much anyone benched overhead squatted or cleaned so we have no record of who was actually the best at those things we only have the total which I'm pretty disappointed oh. about. Like it wouldn't we don't know good. which girl had the max bench press? No. Well, there's no record of it. You can't go – like if you go and look at that workout, it'll just show you 900 pounds. But you don't know if it broke down to 300, 300, 300, or if it was 400, 300, 200, <laughs> or whatever. So there's no – and I and I just – I thought that was ridiculous. It's like – it's the same way, same way that they thought never, it was ridiculous? It's fucking idiocy. It's a fucking missed – very easy missed opportunity. Of, yeah, and there's many of those – that, you know, I think are really simple fixes that, you know, um, she has the same build as Tia. I, I'll say this. She's like perfectly proportioned like Tia. Like you could see like the Alex Kazan action figure, but I, I think she's bigger than Tia. She is. If you saw them next to each other, you, you might say they have, you would say they have a similar build, not the same build. She's got like Jason Kalipa arms, uh, Gazan. She's, she's a, she's a, but she, I mean, she doesn't look like a gorilla like Jason, but she's fucking got some of those. Her triceps are ridiculous. Anyway. Benching 270. I mean, she can't weigh more than 145, 150 at most. No, really? I don't think so. She is really, she is fucking, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, uh, lean as fuck. Uh, Greg C, thanks, Sevon. Slow play at two hours and 15 minutes to get Brian to talk about CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. I got Brian's <laughs> pants off now. She's more. Hey, we I think she's four, more, too. We'll ask her. What? We have four CrossFit shows on the agenda for next week and only one disc golf. We were really doing disc golf again next week? Mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Oh, exciting. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, thank you. I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's two big shows. Big, big, big shows. You do not want to miss tomorrow night's show. I think tomorrow night's show is going to be. Uh, you, do you remember when I would when I was freaking out about a few things and I would show the uh, dragon flying overhead, breathing fire? Uh, I think tomorrow's show could be like that. Tomorrow night's show, but but I've told you Danielle Brandon's going to come on a million times and she doesn't. But I'm telling you, I think tomorrow night's show is going to be something else. Uh, and, and if, what you're going to burn it down? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think I'm going to go crazy, like in a good way. It's going to be fun. Um, 
Oh, wow. Howie DeWitt. If, if Sam Briggs went to California Hormones, that would be Alex Kazan. Not bad. I see it. I, I, I see it. Uh, Jeremy World, uh, I want to leave you with one thing. BCM, Black Cox Matter. <laughs> of course they do. Um, and I appreciate that. All right, guys. Uh, Caleb Beaver. Sounds like you have two names, two first names. Brian Friend. Think of how weird. Think of how weird the names are on the show. Sevon Matosi and Brian Friend and Caleb Beaver. Should be. We should be professional athletes. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Bye bye.